Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. In 10 minutes, Red Tornado is going to bring down this entire facility, and there's nothing we can do to stop that robot. Then we need to reopen the gateway before that happens. Barry, Ray, we know. Stop up flying robots somehow. Good. The rest of us will open the breach. That's the whole plan. Well, as a snart we know used to say, make a plan, execute the plan, expect the plan to go off the rails, throw away the plan. Wow, that is... that is terrible advice. I always have a plan, down to the second, so nothing ever goes wrong. Welcome, Primers. It is time that we have been waiting for. It's the time we've been waiting for. It's time to discuss the crossover Crisis on Earth X for this issue 85 of the DC Primetime Podcast. From the Showcast Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And from the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods, I am Rob Martin. And uh, I'm coming down having watched the crossover three times already. Uh, Rob, I know you're still just on the single. The single view, single view. I will get back to watching your new supercut that you yes. put together. I, have so. cre- I created a supercut on my home server, uh, which turns it into one two-hour and 46-minute long movie, which uh, I'm fine with. I-, I watched it. That's actually how I watched it uh, for the third time last night. Uh, the first time I watched it uh, per episodic, splitting it up between Monday and Tuesday. Couldn't wait. I had to I had to jump in. Uh, Wednesday night, I watched it uh, episodically, uh, but all four of them back to back. And then last night, I watched it as a supercut film last night. So, um, yeah, it was fun. I mean, it's uh, we're going to treat this issue a little differently than we do. Um you know, previous issues, previous crossovers. The other crossovers were kind of uh, episodic in that The Flash was about The Flash, Supergirl was about Supergirl, just sharing some of the characters. We mentioned it last last week. Rob, you had mentioned it from the news. This crossover was more filmed, meant to be a four-hour film. Yeah. And, And that's exactly how it came across. It was all of the characters ran throughout the course of it. So we are going to treat this like a movie. Uh, and do a movie review annual style in which we're going to tell you about some of our favorite moments, least favorite moments, favorite character, least favorite character from the crossover, and, of course, we're going to rate the villain at the end. So we can't do favorite episode and least favorite episode like we do an annual because it's not really – it's only four episodes, so it doesn't really make much sense. Yeah, so I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll be okay. Uh, but, you know – we're going to give it a rating, and then we're going to go into breaking down and, and talking about the crossover. And as of the moment that this is posted, you are free to be spoilerful on the Facebook page so that everybody has a uh, – we can all discuss this together because we love to get, of course, you primers' opinions on the crossover as well. So we'll uh, – and at this point, it's been a, almost a week 
by the time this episode posts, it will have been a week. So you should have watched it by now if you haven't yeah, watched it. No already. excuses. No, no excuses whatsoever. We gave you the week. And with as big of an event as this is, you um, yeah, you, you should have watched it by now. Yeah. Uh, but first things first, before yes. we do that, we have two quick things. I'll take the, the one and then you take the other um, if that's all right. That's okay. So uh, first things first, um, we want to wish TJ, uh, who has been on this podcast a few times, uh, a very, very happy birthday today, celebrating his birthday today, or Sunday, rather, the uh, December 3rd. So, of course, a happiest birthday to our buddy TJ, uh, who has been on the podcast before. And secondly, uh, we want to send all of our love to uh, our friend and good listener, Shad, um, we know he had a loss in the family uh, this past week, and I know they've been going through some rough stuff. So we just want to say, you know, Ben and I are are thinking of you, and I'm sure anybody that is also friends with you from uh, that you've made, you know, connections with from this show, uh, our our hearts, uh, you know, go out to you. And if you need anything, need a moment to geek out, to send us a message. I'm sure everybody will be happy to oblige. So, but absolutely, uh, absolutely. Uh, especially around the time of the holidays, I know how rough that can be. So. So uh, much love to you, buddy. Yes, absolutely. Um, so let's talk crossover. Yeah. And I know this is something that was highly anticipated, not just by you and I, but from our listeners and just from the fans of the Arrowverse in general. And I will tell you flat out, man, I was not disappointed in the least. Hence my having watched it three times. So, like yeah. I said, two hours and 46 minutes, and I've done that three times already, and I'm sure it will not be the last. <laughs> I'm... Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to my second viewing. Um, my level of excitement of it is a little less than yours. Uh, I actually, I think one of my favorite moments was after, I think it was Monday night, I, I, I sent Ben a text uh, about 11.30 at night. <laughs> uh, and I, you, know what? I, I, you know what? I'm just going to say, I'm just going to read this verbatim. <laughs> um, and then I will state what my follow-up was the day after. <laughs> so, uh, and keep in mind, this is just in jest. So, um, all right. So, <laughs> and it's so funny because when you when you sent me that text message, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm on board with that. And then on the next day on Tuesday, I was a you were you and I were both watching at the same time, but I was slightly ahead of you, just by I, like maybe five minutes. I was no, I think it was more like ten. I think I was like ten minutes ahead of you, and I just remember getting to the very end of the crossover. And I'm shaking my head. I'm like, ah, oh, crap! I'm getting a text message in like ten minutes. <laughs> So, um, actually, 11.33 p.m. on Monday night, uh, my message real quick to Ben was, so far, uh, so far good, minus the excessive publicity, uh, as they're kind of dragging through the crossover a little heavily. And I was like, I swear, if they end this in a double wedding, we are canceling the podcast. <laughs> uh, 11.34, response from Ben. Yep, that's my only issue so far, too. And both of us just laughing. And then we mentioned something that we'll get into in a moment. Uh, Tuesday night, 10.59 p.m., message from Ben. Dude, I'm happy. I'm also very sad. I'm so mixed on emotions, but I loved almost every second of it. Then my response at 11.08. So, podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was just kind of like, you know, hence why I said I almost loved every second of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
And uh, I we continue to go on a little bit, as you mentioned. And I'm like, so, you know, he's like, all right, well, you mentioned that you were just popping up a new version of the show. We're going to uh, cut it all together. And then you mentioned I called one of the major twists that was going to happen. And I was like, well, I was like, well, that's great. And all. I was like, you know, we still have no podcast to do this week, except for maybe a quick goodbye. <laughs> hey, guys, we almost made it to 100 episodes. And uh, like, oh, we're going to keep going. And I was like, yeah, but we'll be down to show. But it's OK. We'll be back to a four strong show soon as Black Lightning comes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because you, you know, you jokingly saying we'll be down to show um, in, until it's Black Lightning true. comes going. It's um, it. It's funny that you 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 mentioned that because you brought up a, something very interesting that we'll talk about in the news a little bit later. In that there are some other fans who are not happy with that show, no, not at all. So uh, cool. yeah, so. yeah, we'll talk about that in the news a little bit later. On. <laughs> but I just thought it was funny because again, it was just us playing around. You could definitely tell it was very much in jest, just laughing back and forth. Um, you know, and like I said, I, I do apologize to the Elicity shippers because I will dig in quite a bit on this. Because uh, there were some things, but it, it really it wasn't as much to do with that. It was the way that they handled it um, that bothered me a little bit. So. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's give this uh, a rating as we usually do everything else. Let's do. Oh God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna go as we do since we did decide this was gonna be annual format. This is gonna be the two part rating of a sidekick hero or legend, and then we're gonna give it a number at the same time, uh, which might make your ranking even harder now. So we'll do one through three is sidekick, four through seven is hero, and then eight through ten is legend. And I'll go first so that I give you a couple minutes to uh, to try and figure out where exactly you're going to be. But I am going legend on this one. Uh, again, with the exception of one thing, any other issues I had with this are nitpicks. Uh, but there was just one constant thing, and we've already mentioned it. It's the Alicity that ran through this. Uh, I could have done without it, and you know, you couldn't. You could have just taken the week off of this. I understand why you did it. You still didn't have to do it. Um, uh, I'll get more into deeper discussion on this as we talk about the the, the crossover and we're breaking it down. But uh, number wise, I think I'm gonna go. Oh, man. Uh, Are we adding fractions to this? Yeah, because okay. I'm thinking 8.5 is where I'm at right now. And it's unfortunate that that thing that I disagreed with really took off that many points. Because with the exception of that, this crossover uh, was near perfect to me. And I, it's I've even read people online who compared this, the coming together of this group as compared to the coming together of the Justice League and the DCEU and how this totally outshined Justice League. Uh, like, this is the new Justice League to them, uh, to some people. And I kind of agree with that. As much as I liked Justice League, this to me was more fun. And, uh, um, you know, the only thing that would have made it better is if you had Superman, like Tyler Hutchland, come in and play Superman. It yeah, been and I will actually perfect. get into that one. So I will absolutely get into that a little bit. So okay, but yeah, I'm going to go um, eight point eight point uh, here at legend and an eight point five. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um it, it, based on the day that you ask me, I, I think my score changes. Unfortunately, because it's right on that cusp. Like if I had to make a gut call right now, I I feel like I still need to give it a legend. So it'll be an eight. Um. About five minutes going, and probably five minutes from now, it'll it'll dip down to like a seven five, <laughs> seven nine, seven point nine. Like I said, I, I'm not lying when I say I'm really on the cusp. 
because it wasn't just the LSD thing. There was a couple things that kind of really bothered me the more and more and more I thought about the crossover. Uh, but I still really enjoyed it. That's not, you know, it, it's it's from excellent to to great, basically. You know, um, it's it's. I don't think it was bad by any stretch of the imagination at all. It's just critically looking at it, there was some decisions that they made I really quite didn't understand the one the reasonings for, uh, and I think that bothered me just a little bit. And it even goes into some of the marketing stuff and the setup of things and, um. Yeah, it, it, there's there's a, some real head-scratching moments that they left me with, but they also left me with some amazing ones, too. So uh, so I'm going to say it, it definitely gets its legend. I'm going to give it an 8 right on the line. Um, I think if they made one other mistake, it would easily be down to a 7.5. So. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so let's get into the breakdown, and let's talk uh, – what do we want to do first? Do we want to talk some of our favorite moments, or do we want to talk the least favorite first and then – you know, what kind of brought the score down, and then we'll talk about some of our favorites to kind of bring it back around. Well, how about this? Let's start with the villains, uh, because that kind of sets us up for the whole thing. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, as we know, we do see that the villains in this one are, uh, you know, pretty much are the Nazis. But more specifically, we've got the Dark Archer. We've got, oh, God, for the life of me, what is Kara's name? In, uh, uh, Overgirl. Overgirl, that's it. Uh, and we've got Reverse Flash, uh, which we And Prometheus X. <laughs> and, so. That's right, and Prometheus X, who, oh, man, did not see that casting coming and no. <laughs> loved the fact that we got to see him again. Um, but, yeah, so we... we uh, let's keep it specific. Like, we'll, we'll roll out the Nazis, and we'll keep it specific to that core four. Yes, uh, in, I think that's the way to go. Yeah, in Dark Ali, Dark Kara, Dark Tommy, uh, and Eobard, who we found out is actually not Dark Eobard. He is the Eobard from Earth One. Which I thought was kind of interesting. I That was a weird, didn't see it coming kind of thing. And I'm like, huh, okay. Yeah, so. I mean, we all knew that, or at least hypothesized that Eobard was still alive somehow and was going to come back. And we find out that this is, in fact... Eobard Thawne from Earth-1, he's now over in Earth-X, and by the end of the crossover, he is still alive. Yeah. So it's, I, and that was one of the moments that made me happy was because I, I love the interaction between Reverse Flash and Flash, so knowing that that character now is still out there, confirmed still out there, could show up wearing a different face, as it mentioned at the end, uh, I mean these guys are night and day, so the fact that he is still alive and we could come across him again at any point in time I love that, that it was left open. Yeah, I do too. I will say that, uh, but I will say um, not the resolution I wanted for him. thought it was a little odd. Uh, we, we see a overgirl that, you know, before we get into our thought process, let's get to, we'll jump ahead a little bit. Uh, you know, you have a Kara that has this wonderful moment and saves everybody by flying overgirl up out into the atmosphere, uh, which best stated from H uh, from Harry saying uh what do we do uh go up up up, 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 up uh, and, and away, away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which was I was one of my favorite moments of that's another one down. of mine too yeah um but I would say you know there's this moment of her kind of like I have to do this this is this big moment um you know Ali just kills himself uh kind of unceremoniously um there wasn't a kind of this big bombastic end for for that. I was expecting this just long, awesome, badass fight, and it was more or less Dark Ali, you know, screaming and then Oliver getting his, the shot across. Which I mean, it was a still still worked, 
uh, so it was fine. But Barry, oddly enough, was just kind of like, yeah, why don't you just go ahead and go? And I'm like, wait, huh? Pardon? That seemed a little weird because it was just kind of like, yeah, just get out of here. We're not going to even bother locking you up in the pipeline. We know you're going to come back. And it just kind of like felt like Barry just kind of gave up and was like, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. You're just kind of the cockroach. I mean, I know it and everybody else knows it. And we'll see you in like eight episodes. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it, it's it felt a little weird. I don't know if you took the same thing from that. It did kind of bother me and left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, the way that they kind of resolved the reverse flash of it all. Um, I did think that was, yeah, that was just a kind of a weird wrap up of that that angle, you know, and I do love the fact that the rivalry continues between them. But I'm also at the same time, you know, we're only yeah, this was episode eight for these shows. Uh, it feels like um, they're they're pulling back reverse flash a little too soon after the end of uh, last season of Legends. So I would have preferred they would have waited to bring reverse flash back right around now but i I um, think i think it's the 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 reverse flash being brought back too soon i can kind of get over it because it's i still love the character so it's not yeah i mean and not only that but uh, in all honesty i don't think we're gonna see him again this season i don't either i think this was a one and done for him this season and i i like at least they mentally try to keep him relevant season to season it's kind of like damian dark if they were to kill him off and you would never get him back but the moment he comes back you're like Oh, I'm so happy he's still around. That's the feeling I get with that, with that character, same as Damian Dark. So I'm I'm okay that he's around, but I did think the resolution to his part of what they were doing was a little odd, considering you know uh, they lost a member of like the their 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 teams, like their collective friends, and he played a responsible part in that. You know, so it's it's a little weird that Barry would just kind of you know let him be and let him go. I mean, Barry does have a different relationship with the rogues than most people, most of the heroes do with their villains. But even that I thought was a little lenient. (laughs) So, um, but I don't know what your thoughts are on that. No, I mean, I can kind of see that a little bit, but I do have to say one of my, my favorite things about this too, is when it came to, you know, seeing the reverse flashback and knowing that this is the earth one version of reverse flash, this could have been, this could have gone one of two ways. This could have been Tom Cavanaugh coming back and playing the part, or this could have been Matt Lesher coming back and playing the part. Uh, you know, this could have been another opportunity to bring back another cast member that we've seen go by the wayside in this. Cause we saw, obviously we saw Tom Cavanaugh play reverse flash in the first season. We saw Matt Lesher play him in the return in the third season. So this could have gone either way, but I think they went the right way with this one. Uh, it's proof positive yet again that Kavanaugh is just a fantastic actor. Absolutely. And when it comes to playing that part of Harrison Wells and the different part Harrison Wells, how many versions of Harrison Wells has he played at this point? Like seven, I think? Yeah, it, minimum. Between the Council of Wells, we've got Harrison Wells from season one. We've got HR. Uh, we've got Harry from Earth Two that's in there now. Plus the the four different versions from from um, uh, from the Council of Wells. We've we've seen seven or eight versions of this character. Um, and now you're still forgetting that we had when they were trying to find HR. We saw a couple more. We saw you that's know the Mime. You know we all these different ones that they were digging through. And it, it's kind of crazy to think like, how many versions of the, this character you know. Kavanaugh has played and all of them are great and I love his version of you know reverse flash I do too I, I mean his, his portrayal of the character in season one is one of the things that made me fall in love with that character yeah I mean and Matt you know Matt Leshner it's I, oh, he's just phenomenal too I mean there's no question about it I love both of them really equally because they play the characters just a little bit different I think Kavanaugh's is a little bit more terrifying um but Leshner's is 
he's the wild card version of that character that you just don't know what's coming next. Uh, he's the really increasingly smart one where it's the the Kavanaugh one is the very vindictive. It feels like. Yeah. I have to kind of give them their their own versions. I think that I think they did miss an ability after they mentioned is like, you don't know which face I'm going to be wearing. How awesome would it be if you saw that hood come off and it was Ronnie Raymond and then you find out, oh, no, it's this is actually really just Eobard. Uh, just the smack that it could have done to people. So, well, I think, yeah, no, that it, it is a smack that could have been done to people, but I think uh, they played it the right way. Because it's still Barry's enemy, not it's, it's not Caitlyn's. It's know? Barry, yeah, it's Barry's enemy. I mean, and they even made it known with um, with Overgirl and Dark Archer coming across uh, against Oliver and Kara, is that like they pretty much were staring into the faces of their worst enemies. Barry was staring into the face of Eobard, Kara, and Oliver at the point in their lives that they were at right now were staring into their own faces, like they technically are their own enemies right now. And I think that was a big key as to why they went with using Kavanaugh as the reverse Flash rather than having reverse Flash wearing Barry's own face at that mm. point. So because you could have done, you could have done that. It could have been you. You could have gone that all three of them were their own doppelgangers, or Eobard was wearing Barry's face just to kind of mess with them a little bit. So, but I like the fact that they went with Kavanaugh's face, and because again, yeah. it's it's them staring into. Like their their biggest fears and their biggest enemies. I do agree. I do agree with you on that. But I think it could have been interesting if they decided to play with that a little bit. But I now that they're willing, they're stating they're willing to in the future makes me still excited. So oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know about you, uh, but when they stack up versus the Dominators and the Threat and all, I mean Nazis are kind of, I hate to put it this way, but kind of the softball. Uh, versus uh, you know versus like the Dominators were like they are just about to destroy everything. You know, this felt like a not as big of a threat as what we dealt with in the first crossover, uh, at least to Earth-1. Obviously, to Earth-X, they are a massive threat. Um, but I do feel that uh, I think the Dominators still, in my mind, currently still edge out um, the villains um, for the crossovers that we've had so far. Um, not by much, just by like a hair. But I felt like we didn't see the big bads in this do quite as much. Uh, there was a lot of other other focuses happening in this crossover, and I think it, it because they did tell us right off the bat that the key component of Crisis on Earth X was the theme of relationships. Yes, um, which they they handled it actually for the most part a very good way. Um, and now it's not just about love, but like the way that people interact with each other and all these these little components of things. And I do think that um, some of the things we got to see with Alex and Sarah were fantastic and actually give a really great closure to that end of the aspect. But by the time that you had enough time left over, it's okay. Well, here's just Nazis fighting, which are kind of the faceless villains of it all. Uh, and that's to not, you know, say Nazis are okay, <laughs> you know, but he's stretching the imagination. But when it got to the core of Overgirl, you know, the dark archer Prometheus X and reverse flash, not as much was happening. Uh, you felt like uh, evil Quentin Lance sometimes was a little bit more terrifying than <laughs> they were. Um, you know what I mean? I, I mean, I don't know if I'm getting that point across as well, but it feels like they didn't have as much involvement except for a couple big fights. Uh, and they were just moving chess pieces versus being feeling like they were very active components of it all, with the exception of a couple, you know, a couple fight sequences here and there. But I feel like the Dominators kind of were this more terrifying threat where these guys felt like they were a threat to Kara. 
So no, I can I, and I can see that too. It's uh, but I mean one of the other things that we have to remember, and it's nothing that we've brought up yet. But you kind of have to remember too that throughout the course of the of the crossover, the the motivation of the villain kind of changes. Yeah, uh, you know we we realize you know we're led to believe in the beginning of this that this whole reason why these guys are coming over is because they've conquered one earth now they want to conquer another but it kind of changes throughout is that it's not really about that to them it might be that might be the long game down the road but it's it's not the immediate game the immediate game is to save overgirl's life yeah and this is and that's where the the relationships come into this exactly so i i can kind of understand you know the nazis not being a, a huge threat because in all honesty, over the course of the crossover, that's not what the threat is meant to be. The threat is right. meant to be directly to these heroes. It's not yeah, to it's the a, Earth itself. It's an evolving threat, which I do appreciate greatly. I, I think what, what it was for me is, like I said, the Dominators, if you're just in it for a popcorny, bombastic action fest, you know, the Dominators win out. If you want a little bit more of a psychological, I think that's where you see uh, the Earth Xers come into play and I think kind of win out. I think, though, the only way that they could have really just said straight up these are a 10 out of 10 for villains um i really kind of was hoping that it wasn't just going to be the you know earth x version of ollie is the fear i really was expecting and, and they didn't really fool and clarify until like late in episode two that it is the dark archer as the fear i was really hoping we were going to get Overman and we were going to get tyler hochland as the Fuhrer. oh my god that would have been amazing I, that's where i my brain was leading up to and when they said it and then re-clarified it again in episode three because it was kind of loose the way that they brought it up in episode two of all of this or part two let's say instead of episode uh but in part two um I really thought that's where building up to. And when I realized it wasn't going to happen, I think I got myself a little let down mentally too, which does impact, I think my viewpoints of it. Cause I think that would have been a lot more interesting to see our heroes go up against that together with Kara out of the picture. That would have been interesting. I think a much more interesting way to end it all. That would have been amazing if we would have got that, that cameo from Tyler and yeah. Save that- it. And if you saved it just for part four, Man, just imagine how big that would have been coming off the loss of Stein, uh, maybe Carr incapacitated, and then you're dealing with an evil Superman. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah, That's, exactly. Because, I mean, that to me, because like Firestorm is their big gun when Carr is not around. And what do you do now? Uh, so it's I, I think they missed an opportunity because that's where it felt like it was leading to. And when they didn't, I'm like, oh, that's a little disappointing. Um well, but, I, th- you know, I think they kind of had another big gun with them this time around in the Ray. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, don't get me wrong. I think the Ray was a great inclusion of this, too. So but I do think that was a misstep that they really should have tried to find a way because I'm not like I and I saw it wasn't just me. A lot of people also actually had this thought I, that I was reading after I watched the whole thing. And I'm like, OK, cool. It's not just my brain and my fanboy like wish, uh, you know, wish for what this was going to end up as. Um so I think if, if that many people did think of it, because I saw it consistently through Twitter, through Reddit threads, all these things, even in reviews, I think even IGN, I think even potentially brought that up. If not, I think it was CBR in the review of it. Um, so it's kind of surprising that the writers didn't think of that angle. So, Oh, yeah. Um, I, I want to go back to one other thing that you mentioned, too, and that kind of like the I, I don't want to say lackluster, but the kind of the un. The not so big endings to some of these characters too. Obviously, we we saw Overgirl go out with a bang. No it, pun totally intended. Uh, 
you know, but we, we were kind of let down by the way things ended between Barry and Reverse Flash. But the going to the arch, going to the Green Arrow Dark Archer fight too. Is it just me being so acclimated to these comic book movies and the punniness that comes into it? But was I the only one disappointed that we didn't get some kind of que- clever quip when Oliver shot him and killed yeah, him? Yeah, I was kind of expecting it. I'm like, huh. <laughs> I was waiting for some kind of one-liner to, to yeah. happen there. You know, yeah. even like a simple like "suck it" like would have been something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was. I was. It didn't really bother me that there was nothing there, but it was. It, I, my mind automatically went that way, and I was expecting something rather than just like this dark, brooding stare down it. The, the corpse of myself. Yeah. So, but so, hey, but, you know, yeah. it's all good. <laughs> uh, so, um, but I still think they were, they were good villains. I think there was just an opportunity for them just to be a little bit better. So. Yeah. And I agree with that too. I think there was a little bit more they could have done with it, but on that note, uh, giving the villains a rating for the crossover, uh, we'll do the same thing. One through 10 sidekick hero villain. Uh, I'll let you start with this one. Um, I'm going to give them a hero. I'm going to go 7-5. Okay, yeah. I'm right around the same thing. I'm about a 7 with this one, too. If we're talking the villains as a whole, including the Nazi aspect and everything else, and not just the core four, yeah, I'm about uh, a 7. Yeah. yeah like it's, actually, yeah, I think I, I bumped mine down to a 7. Um, I think yeah, it's like 7-7-5. Seven, seven, it's like right sandwiched in between. 7.25. No, it's kidding. Um, <laughs> 7.315. Yeah. No. But like I said, hero, yeah, it's between a 7 and a 7-5. Um, yeah, it's a high hero. Yeah, it's a, definitely a high hero. So. so I thought they did them well. Uh, all right, let's talk some of. Do we want to talk negatives or positives now? Because I have. Get, <clears throat> do you want to just get all the negatives out and then yeah, we can be like, boom, there's, let's there's, just go for it. There's know? definitely more positives than negatives. So Absolutely. let's Absolutely. let's talk negatives first. And I think the biggest one, the biggest elephant in the room, is and you mentioned it early on, is just alicity. It's it's something that was kind of force fed through us. And my biggest complaint with this. And uh, this is my biggest complaint. Like, I, I don't get me wrong. The double wedding at the end, it was cute. It I was loved, cliche and you saw it coming a mile away. I loved that they brought in David Ramsey and they brought in Diggle. And can I just tell you, too, I was so engrossed in the crossover that when Barry runs and gets Diggle, that was the first moment it clicked in my head. Uh, holy crap, Diggle has not been a part of any of this. Well, it was like at the end of episode two. I'm like, wait a second. Where's Ray? <laughs> and like, shouldn't he be at the wedding? And like, <laughs> yeah. realizing I'm missing like a ton of characters, and then I'm like, man, getting kind well, of bummed out. And I'm like, where's the rest of the legends? Well, Ray, I can show un- up though. Those those moments, you're like, wait a second, Ray, off. I can understand not being at the wedding because let's be honest, who's gonna go to the wedding of an ex girlfriend? Well, oh no, wait, that's right. Never mind. It's the Flash. Never mind. You're right. Why wouldn't Ray? Yeah. Well, yeah, because if Stein and Jax are there, why wouldn't Ray be there? Exactly. Oh, <laughs> you know, that's I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it was little moments like that, and I think and that goes definitely into some of the negatives. I'm like, there's some characters that really probably should have been there. Like you have Mick Rory in attendance of your wedding, <laughs> <laughs> but you don't. But you don't have. Yeah, but, but you don't have Ray. But Ray Palmer, who is a friend of your guy, uh, of you all, and like has been there for you guys for things and has spent time in Star Labs, is missing. And I'm like, huh. And that was kind of confusing a little bit. I yeah, mean, but, I, uh, yeah, you can kind of understand Nate and Amaya and, you know. Right. And, the, like, you know, being like, there. yeah, the rest of the folks for the most part. I mean, like, you can see Curtis there, but you know, do I see Wild Dog hanging out at the wedding? Not really. 
you know, but there's a couple people that seem seemed a little out of place to be missing in action at, at certain times. Um, but it was smart for the unveils and how they handled them later. So yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I don't really put that. It, it's a minor, minor negative. But yes, you're definitely right though. The LSD thing. Uh, get your piece in on that, and I will bring in mine. Now we are going to move on to the other. Yeah, dudes. yeah. So. My big like again. My biggest thing with that is, uh, look. If you want to do the ship and and bring Oliver and Felicity together, it's obvious that this is something they've been wanting to do for a while. Not many fans are happy about it, but still, this crossover has been built up to being the moment between Barry and Iris. This has been built since the announcement of the crossover. This is the wedding of Barry and Iris, and you've been building to that and building to that and building to that. So at the end, to have it become a double wedding with Oliver and Felicity in the same doing the same thing, you just completely stole that moment from Barry and Iris. This was supposed to be their moment. I can understand the whole marriage in the park thing and having Oliver and Felicity there as witnesses. And yeah, maybe like say, have Felicity say like, you know what? I want to do this. Let's get married one day. One day. You didn't have to get married right then and there. You just completely stole the thunder away from Barry and Iris for one. Second off, I want to make this known too that that the legends and and Felicity and Oliver are the worst wedding guests you could ever have. Nobody RSVP'd until the day before. Yeah, seriously, that's not how weddings work. If you have Cara Kara didn't do it either. But Kara, you can kind of give a little leeway. She's from a different earth. Like, you know, you, you kind of have to – you're sending your invitation back method is a little different. Uh, but these guys – I mean, and the legends you can even get away with too because they could – they have like, the time travel. Let's go back in time for RSVP. It's yeah. Shit, but, you know, but, Oliver, but Oliver and Felicity waiting until like the night before like the rehearsal and then you get married at the same day on top of it. Like you are the worst wedding guest ever yeah because man uh, yeah what uh, like when that happened i'm like you've got to be kidding me and i'm like apparently not a single writer from these shows has ever been married <laughs> and i'm like if you were to do that to a bride and groom and had made like 15 people rsvp the day before your wedding i'm like you are all not coming go away because man a plate of food for a wedding guest this like ranges like even if you do it on the cheap at most places Sixty dollars to one hundred and twenty-five dollars on average. <laughs> <Yeah>. No, <laughs> so I, I'm sorry. That's not how this works. Yeah, um, but yeah, that was just, like I said. Yeah, you're right. Worst wedding guests ever. Worst wedding guests ever. But I mean, again, my biggest complaint with the whole Alicity thing is, um, you know, I'm okay with the wedding at the end with Oliver and Felicity being there as witnesses. You shouldn't have had them get married. You just – my biggest complaint with that was you just totally took away this entire buildup of Barry and Iris, and that was – that's where my biggest problem lies with all the city. Uh, yeah, I'm actually right with you, and you almost mirrored my thoughts exactly on this. Um, I Actually, somebody – there was there was a post that was getting shared around on Twitter, uh, and you know, again, I, this is not a dig at people for this stuff because I know people really love the pairing of these two, and I, you know what? If you love it and it's a reason you want to continue to watch these shows and it allows these shows to continue, please, by all means, have your opinions on these things. Love the characters you want. Have the characters to get together that you want to get together. That is perfectly fine by me at this point. I am definitely let, ready to let that go. 
my problem is exactly the same thing. It was you have these two characters that uh, when you think of traditional loves in comic book history, uh, you think of a couple major names, Mary Jane and Peter Parker, Lois and Clark together, Barry and Iris. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, these are characters that have had a relationship history for over 60 years. Uh, and it's one of the most iconic relationships in all of this. And for them to shoehorn that in the way that they did felt weird. And it was kind of like, you know what? They had their wedding day removed, like, you know, ruined. And then any time that it was a lot of Iris and Felicity together, uh, you kept hearing the same sentiment brought up over and over. And it was Felicity bitching about the situation. It was like, oh, I don't want to get married, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry I'm bitching about this. Well, they just, Nazis just ruined your wedding. And like, and she said that like maybe three or four times through this crossover. But it was anytime you saw it, it was all about their angle and about their relationship, not what it was. So it really felt like we had the wool pulled over our eyes a little bit about what the reasonings for this whole thing were. And it was this kind of, they used that wedding for the main reason to get these two other characters together, not for the focus of where it's been for since the start of The Flash. Um, so it, do, it did really leave kind of a bad taste in my mouth. And even if they said, hey, and we resolved it by the end of it, everything is fine. We are going to get married in the end of the season. Let let them really honor that ship that people want so bad on Arrow, like or a lot of people uh, that watch Arrow really want. Because let's be honest, it's about a 50-50 split. Yeah. Um, for the people that are for or against. But I think if you're really going to do it, build, take the time and honor it and do it right. Because you pissed off a lot of people when you broke them up. And you piss a lot of people off when you're constantly doing the, the will they, won't they, friends, Ross, Rachel bullshit. Um, make your decision, own it, build up to it properly instead of just being like, boom, hi, we, this is how we did it. Because I even know a lot of the listy shippers that were really angry on the way that they did it, too. So uh, I think it was a really bad move. And it was it really, I think, damaged a, a chunk of this from being an amazing crossover to fun enjoyable and great versus just excelling um they drug it on way too long every episode felt like it had at least 10 minutes about that alone which is a lot of time um it's it's a lot of time that's what was i felt wasted uh in areas and it was moments too just not wasted but it slowed down the pacing uh it really slowed down the pacing in scenes where i'm like there's so much happening over here in this direction why is this conversation happening for the fourth time in this past hour and a half uh, it was a little much. It was a little heavy-handed, and then shoehorned it at the asset. So yeah, I mean, it 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 got to the point where, uh, you know, there was so much. <clears throat> and another thing about it too is, you know, we got that whole moment at the rehearsal dinner where you know Felicity says, you know, where Oliver propose pretty much in a roundabout way proposes to Felicity, and Felicity says no. And at that point, I, I don't know about you, but when we get that moment, there was a part of me inside that was like, uh, yeah, thank you. Like, I don't want you guys stealing their moment. Like, like you don't propose to somebody else at somebody else's wedding. Like, it's – yeah. again, it, you've, it's you've just not, proven to not be great wedding guests again. Yeah, I was going to say. It's like not only worst wedding guests ever, but worst, like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, rehearsal dinner guests ever as well. Yeah. It's like, what do you not want at your wedding? Drama. What did they bring in spades? All of the drama. <laughs> That was their wedding gift. All of the drama. Yeah. I <laughs> so. mean, and you're right. We got like at least five to ten minutes of it, like every part of this crossover. And, you know, by the third part, we're like, 
<clears throat> we're kind of getting to the point as viewers where we're like, okay, we get it. You don't want to get married. You know, things are different. You like the way things are, yada, yada, yada. Like, we get it at this point. And then all of a sudden, at the end, you're going to be like, no, wait, I want to get married. And I want to get married right now. Like, you are so indecisive. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Felicity. You are completely indecisive. Oliver, I get away. Seriously. Like, run away from her. She's crazy. She can't make up her mind. I, I don't know. I, I, people, people who like Oliver and Felicity together ain't going to like that comment. But, I, you know, it's the truth. Like, it's I love her character. She's a when she's fun and quirky and erotic in the good uh, good ways. But then it, 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 the way that they've been doing all of this has been weird. It, it's just, it feels so bizarre because uh, it feels like the writers are even split and don't know if they should do it or not. And it's kind of like. You just imagine when they're sitting up writing, it's like, oh, you know, they have this wonderful, passionate kiss. And then there's a writer that takes over the next couple pages like, what, what, what is this? Why did Jeff write this? And scribbles <laughs> it out and is like, Oliver, I hate you. And then that's like five minutes later in the episode. And then like, you know, Bob reads what Jeff wrote. And, you know, it just, then it, they scribble that out. And like, no, 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 no. That's what it feels like constantly. Just make up your minds. Let the status quo be set, and just let's move on. And it's just—it's time. <laughs> and I at least hope that this moment in this crossover does set that timeline and says, "This is it. This is where we're going. This is how the show is going to continue to run." If you break them up yet again and try to do this again, you will lose all of your fans. It's not a question at this point. You can't do it for our fourth time. Breaking up once and getting back together, I'm like, "Hey, we were meant to be." Sure, fine. But man, it feels like it's like every six minutes on this show that it's the no, yes, no, yes, Mary. <clears throat> and if they get yeah. divorced by the end of the season, I'm just going to lose my mind. Uh, no, I you're really well. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Like this is the point in time with these two characters that you have to commit to whatever you're going to do. If they are getting together and getting married, you keep them married until the show is over. You and yes. And, and that's it. With the, the only exception to that being... I was going to say killing off one of the characters, but let's be realistic. Between the two of those characters, there's only one you can kill off, and that's Felicity. Um, if you're going to not, if something is going to happen within the next couple episodes and it's going to break them apart again and this wedding's not going to happen, then that's what you have to stick with until this show is over. Like, you are at that point now that this has happened so many times between these two characters, you have to commit to the decision you make. Yes. And, yeah. and, and, that, and that's the end of it. Right. So, all right, our, our, our piece has been stated on this. We are now not going to talk about that anymore throughout this episode. I'm sorry for those of you that love that <laughs> and got angry about that. It needed to be said. So, yes. So, that was stewing. That again, was really stewing all week. Again, don't get me wrong. I love the character of Felicity. Uh, if, you, if you can put the two of them together and keep them together, I'm fine with it. You just have to stick to a decision. And that's my biggest thing without Elicity. Is the, and that's one of my, re my biggest negative thoughts about Elicity. Is it's not the fact that, the two, that these two characters are together. I don't care what two characters you put together in this show. As long as you stick with it. It's the on and off that has been consistent in five and a half seasons of this show. That's really caused me to dislike this. And, and that's my biggest complaint with it. It has nothing to do, and I want to make this point very clear because there are people out there that ship for Oliver and Felicity and hate the people that are against it because they feel like they're against it because they hate the character of Felicity. That is not the case with me, and I'm pretty sure with you not, not me at either. the same time. It's not the fact – we don't hate 
either of these characters. We don't even hate the fact that these two characters are together or that they want to put these two characters together. Look, I would have loved it to have been Dinah or Laurel, just like every other comic book fan. But let's face facts. Stephen Amell and Katie Cassidy do not have great on-screen chemistry together. That's the reason that they went with Felicity. And so I can completely understand that. I'm open to adaptation. But when you're on and off and on and off and on and off for five seasons, you just get tired of it. And that's where our biggest point of contention is with Felicity, with Elicity is. It's not the characters. It's the story. So I just want to make that point perfectly clear to anybody out there who might be against us when it comes to Elicity. Right, and it's it's that in the way it was shoehorned in. Like I said, I, I generally do feel it was a disservice to the people that really want to see those characters together. Give them their moment in full. Um, don't make it a shared moment. Yeah, and don't cram it in just because you can. Um, it, that was the disappointment of it all. So, yeah, I mean, again, love the character of Felicity. Obviously, love Oliver. I've I've met the actors that have played them both. They're both fantastic people in real life. I have no problem with these characters. It's it's the story. And like you said, being it being shoehorned into this massive crossover that was meant to be about Barry and Iris, it, it, it kind of threw us a little bit. But that being said, <laughs> like you said... Ah, wait, deep breath. We're done with it. So, with it. Um, the only other things I can think of that... And, and I can completely write it off is there was a couple moments throughout the crossover, and this is the only other negative point I really have, and then I'll leave it to you because I know you, I think you had one or two others. Um, there were little points where the CGI was a little weak for me. Um, but I can, considering what we were getting with this crossover and the number of characters that they were bringing into it, I mean, we saw King Shark, we saw Red Tornado, we got the Ray, we got Firestorm, Killer Frost. I mean, considering the amount of CGI that was put into this episode, I can understand some of it not being as top-notch as we've seen before. Yeah. Uh, there was a moment in, at the end, right before they go into the final battle, where you see everybody together. You see all the characters walking towards the screen, and in the back you see, uh, you know, you see Firestorm, you see Kara, you see um, Killer Frost. And I felt the, the CGI with Supergirl... And Killer Frost in particular was kind of weak. You could tell it was very obviously CGI'd, uh, put in there. Uh, but again, with the scope of this crossover and the characters and that we got, I, I could totally write it off. And it, it wasn't—it's it, not anything that was going to give this crossover any less points, in my opinion, yeah. because of that. Um, I, I think there are some characters that really didn't get an opportunity to shine that would normally do. I, I think that was a little kind of disappointing. I, I felt like, you know, I think the, I, most people's favorite voice of the Arrowverse was Cisco. Uh, not a lot to do for him in this one. Uh, it was, was kind of disappointing. Uh, well, not disappointing, but I was kind of hoping for a little bit more. I mean, we did get to see some great stuff with him in the very beginning. He was sidelined for a couple episodes. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, he gets a he gets a nice little moment at the end there um you know taking on the the evil wave rider um <laughs> uh but it was it was fun to still see play out but i really kind of think that there was not just him but a lot of characters that got hardcore sidelined like wally west man i feel so bad for Keenan <laughs> it's kind of like hey man you're gonna be kid flash for like three episodes have a nice day and he's like huh? <laughs> why <laughs> 
it you know then you know other characters that were really felt like they were missing from this too i don't know if you even thought about it but there was one character that was this massive notable absence and that was jay garrick uh i was really kind of confused that jay was not a part of this oh i didn't Um, even think about jay to be completely honest with you he was a character he's his mentor (laughs) you know like he watches over him he's been kind of like this guiding light for him uh since he's been like the flash like like hardcore since like last season that has been there and it felt odd for him to not be a part of that so to to uh, to not at least be at the wedding yeah, I expect, as a guest, I kind of thought that w- that would have happened a little bit. Um, oh well, in all honesty, though, I'm I'm thinking about this in more of a, in a cinematic, not cinematic scope, but a comic scope. Um, Earth One, Barry's father has died uh, to bring true. in a character of Jay Garrick who looks like Barry's father, and have everybody there see him there. It's kind of odd because. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're giving away the fact, like, like even in that moment with the wedding when everybody was like, when they everybody was fighting and everything, and the next scene when they're back at Star Labs and Mick says, "Yeah, I erased everybody's memory." I'm like, oh, okay, like now yeah. <laughs> we, we've made more sense out of that scene now. But, but at yeah, the same t- time too, though, you also have yo Harry, <laughs> who is supposed to be dead. Uh, but but we've gotten the excuse though with Harry in that. He technically can change his face, so that's, we can, that one we can just kind of write off as in you know he, he changed his face, so that's how he's at that wedding. Jay Garrick, not so much because he looks just like Barry's father, who is dead on that earth. Yeah, so, so I can kind of understand that. Absolutely, I understand. Do I understand that? But yeah, I think it's um, yeah. There were some characters, like I said, that I really felt like they got shunted. I really do feel that not having Wally involved at all uh, in the big fight was kind of kind of odd because he kind of got pushed to the sidelines in the crossover last year he's like hey i'm ready to help he's like no you're not ready <laughs> and this one is like hey i'm ready to help again he's like uh why don't you take joe to safety and he's like really again <laughs> so it was it just it, it felt odd it really just felt a little weird i know because they are juggling that many characters but there was time that they could have cut back in other places uh, that we just discussed and it, that they could have gotten moments for some of these people um, so it was, I was kind of hoping to see some of these other characters get a moment or two to shine. Um, and <coughs> excuse me, um, really we were revolving around three stories, four stories consistently, which made sense, but some of them, they definitely could have cut back to give an opportunity to show some of the other major characters that people love in the Arrowverse, I think, uh, which I do think is a bit of a negative, you know, Jackson Stein's back and forth was honestly it, it, it's it got as equal amount of time as the oliver and felicity of of it all that was happening and or the sarah and alex of it all um the they all had equal screen time to discuss the relationship angles of what was happening with them uh and i think those three were the heavy ones that they were focusing on and that's to say even over barry and iris um so i again i i will say i think the barry and iris got lost even in this mix a little bit too yeah, so I think I think the storytelling could have definitely been tightened up. Uh, there was definitely sequences and moments that slowed things down in the pacing, and I think that was the other big issues I really had where that needed a little bit of work. So, okay, yeah, no, I can I can see that as well. So I, I definitely see your points on, on all that as well. I mean, it's 
more character development. Well, how much character development can you do in a story like this? But I mean, again, you're right. Some of the the characters were lost focus, and uh, Wally got completely lost in the shuffle. That was some. That's one thing I absolutely agree with you. Not even lost in the shuffle, but just kind of written off. Yeah, and, and, like, and the sad thing is, he's Barry's brother, technically, in a weird way. Well, well, Iris's brother, definitely, but kind of like he, he's he's hardcore blood to Joe and Iris and Barry. Like, he's an important person that was really just kind of ignored. And I was a little disappointed to see that they did that yet again. So Yeah. So, uh, all right. Now comes the time. Oh, uh, it's the good stuff. We get to geek out a little bit uh, and talk about some of our favorite moments from the crossover. Uh, some of our favorite lines, favorite moments, uh, things like that. We've already mentioned a couple. I know uh, the up, up, and away uh, moment with with uh, with um, Wells towards the end with Kara telling uh, uh, what telling Supergirl what to do with Overgirl, but that not being the only Superman reference in this crossover, uh, I, I want to mention two others. One of them is probably my top favorite moment from this entire other one. The other one is one that was so subtle that even the actor involved did not pick up on the reference. It took a fan to bring it to his attention on Twitter, and he reposted saying, uh, guys, I didn't even re- pick up on this, and holy crap. Uh, and that is the scene, there's a particular scene in the crossover where Kara is under the red sunlight, uh, being drained of her abilities, and she says to Eobard that my cousin will come mm-hmm. and save me. Later on in the crossover... Who is the person that saves her? <laughs> the Man of Steel. <laughs> it, no, no, no. No, not that part. Uh, Who's the one that saves her from the surgery table? It's Brandon Ralph as Adam. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Neither did he. That's the best part. That's awesome. <laughs> that That's was a, a genius. V- it's a very slight nod. Again, they did the same thing last year where they, the two of them kind of looked at each other and like, you look familiar to me like they did that last in last year's crossover and they did it again and that adam brandon routh aka formerly superman was the one who came in and saved her off the surgery table off okay the, off the operating table my 8.0 score is solidified it will not dip <laughs> down on a bad <laughs> so and it was funny because brandon routh even tweeted out because somebody posted the image of that made a meme of it and and sent it to him and tagged him in it and he retweeted and he's like guys he's like i didn't even pick up on that either that's genius so I thought that was brilliant. But my favorite moment, this is probably my favorite moment from the crossover. Uh, I Again, I've mentioned times I've squealed as, a, as like, a, like a 10-year-old boy squeal before. This was my moment of the entire crossover was the two wave riders chasing each other, Kara chasing after them, Overgirl, you know, Overgirl's second in command in the wave rider saying, like, we, we have incoming, and Overgirl saying... You know, well, fire everything we have at it. Well, we can't because it's right at our port side. The following scene, Kara hovering outside the wave rider saying, General, care to step outside? Dude, I flipped. Because for those of you that don't know, that is straight out of Superman 1 with Christopher Reeves. Or Superman, Superman 1 or two. Superman 2? Superman, Superman 2. Because yeah. that's this odd thing. Yeah. That is straight out of Superman hovering outside of the Daily Planet saying to Lex Luthor and General Zod, General, would you care to step outside? 
totally ripped from Superman 2 and being the huge Superman fan that I am, especially the Christopher Reeve films, dude, I, I hands down, favorite moment of the crossover. Um, for me, I, I gotta say absolute favorites. Man, there's so many. <laughs> there's so, so many. Um, <laughs> I, I really gotta say one of my favorite bits that they did, though, was honestly just watching the Ray and the Flash chase down Red Tornado. Yeah. And that back and forth fight, man. That was such a great sequence. So yes, the CG was a little rough, man, but something about it was just like, because when they mentioned, hey, they're doing Red Tornado, I'm like, oh, please, God, no. I don't want to see that suit ever again after season one of Supergirl. And we got a really, really good-looking Red Tornado. And, man, just watching and even just thinking, holy crap, we got the Ray on TV. Like, a really good-looking version of the Ray. Um, man, that sequence was so great. It was just kind of them chasing down this kind of missile almost. And it was just so awesome to watch. I loved every little stupid second of that. But, like, even little things, though, too. Like, I love that they threw in King Shark because he is such an obvious favorite of so many people just in the beginning uh, of all of this. But there was, I think my favorite moment is one you actually already brought up, was that dagger coming down on Kara's heart and just Eobard struggling. It's like, why isn't that <laughs> not going through? And it pans down and you see the Ray. Or not the Ray. Oh, like, well, Ray. Um, that's the, Adam. Adam. <laughs> yeah. It's the tricky part of all this. There's the Ray and Ray. Um, but just holding that knife with all his strength and just, man, it just made me smile like a stupid idiot. It was just so great. And it was just this wonderful moment. But he has just shortly after that, too, as they're walking down the hallway. A new ability. And he's just kind of like, he's, well, not a new ability. One we've seen him use before, but the fact that he used it in a different way was yeah. just that. He's just kind of like, so you shrink. He's like, oh, it does more than that, too. And he, like, his hand expands. He's like, it also embiggens. As he smashes, as he smashes a Nazi <laughs> against the wall. Um, but it proves time and time again, man. I love Brandon Routh as Ray Palmer. He is such this wonderful, happy little light in, in the Arrowverse, regardless of what's happening. It's just this overwhelming fountain of positivity, um, which was just awesome. It was just, I, he just, those moments just made me absolutely giddy and smile. But I would be remiss if I didn't say, probably really the best moment of all of this and all four parts really started in episode you know a part three and through part four was citizen cold and mick rory's relationship <laughs> back and forth obviously and non-stop was just the showstopper highlights of any time the two of them were on screen together just made me squeal with this laughter and just enjoyment of just every little thing that happened. Because Haven't you ever heard of due process? <laughs> no. <laughs> just um, walks away. But, and honestly, Citizen Cold stole the show yet again. It went worth Miller time and time again. Anytime he makes an appearance just is just excellent. And the easiest, easiestly best line of all of this was Barry mocking him, saying, aren't you the one that always says, make the plan, execute the plan, expect the plan to go wrong, throw away the plan. And his response was like, no, I always have a plan. <laughs> this, and it's pulled out to the actual like fraction of every second, you know. But does that go back? That back and forth was so great. And even just him hugging Barry at the end when they're all parting ways and that awkward hug and that look on Barry's face. It's kind of like, bring it in, buddy. And it's just kind of like, oh, God, this is so good. 
And the fact that we get him for another episode or two on Legends, like we did get that confirmation that he will be with the Legends for a few episodes. Okay, that was going to be my my next question was because we did see him stay behind, but we don't know exactly. It was confirmed this past week that he is indeed with the Legends for okay. an episode or two. So okay. uh, before we, he will be saying goodbye to the character. So um, and that just makes me so happy. We're going to get more of that and more of that back and forth. And it's going to oh, be yeah. phenomenal and awesome. And I cannot wait. Absolutely. Um, and not to mention, too, man, the fact that they pulled out all the stops and he looked awesome it was so great to see the classic captain cold goggles finally that silver band with the slits like the fact that they went there and did it and even this that design of those that blue crest that falls down over the shoulders across the chest when you saw it for the first time and even when he saved them and i'm like oh thank god i am so happy that this moment has happened and it was just incredibly exciting i loved it every yeah. part of it i absolutely adored it's so, funny too because uh, my mother watched the crossover and everything too, and we were, we were having a little bit of a discussion about it. And because I've gotten my mom into these shows, she's now she watches them. And the moment when you when she found out that uh, that you know Citizen Cold and Ray are an, an item, and and together, and you know she was like, "Well, that kind of surprised me." I'm like, uh, "It didn't surprise me one bit." She's like, "Why didn't it surprise you?" I'm like, "Well, because Wentworth Miller is kind of gay in real life, so like it didn't not surprise kind of. me. He is. No, it's not kind of like he is. He is gay in real life, which so that didn't surprise." She's like, "Oh, I didn't know that," and I'm like, "Yeah, he's he's gay in real life, so I'm like, it doesn't surprise me at all that they would have transitioned to that. And even if he wasn't, like, what we've got Curtis who's in a you know a gay relationship and you know who is a gay character and he's not in real life, so it's you know even if." Wentworth Miller wasn't gay. Like, I would have had no problem with this being it, but it actually made the story make sense a little bit more because we find out that's why the Ray was in that concentration camp on Earth X. Which, uh, going back to the Ray, because you had brought him up already, we did find out an interesting th- something interesting about him is that he is actually from Earth One. Right. And I think they're going to explore that because he's the next um, CWC animated series to come Good, out. Good, because so. I want to see more of him. So whether it's animated or not, I want more of this character. And I do hope we do get a live-action version of him again later on down the road, whether it be on The Flash or Legends or, and portrayed, or such. Portrayed well, I'm not sure. I You know what? Because he does look very familiar as far as an actor. And I want to say uh, I'm not sure if the actor is actually gay as well. But if he is exactly who I think he is. He actually has played opposite of one of the characters in the Arrowverse before. And that would be John Barrowman. Uh, he was, I believe, one of Captain Jack Harkness's uh, love interests from Doctor Who um, on the Titanic episode, if memory serves correctly. Because when I saw him, I'm like, I know that face, and I'm pretty sure that's who that was. On the Titanic uh, episode? I don't think this Captain is going back Jack to... was part of the Titanic episode. Uh, there was the Space Titanic. Yeah, the Space Titanic was a was a Christmas episode with David Tennant that wasn't a... Yeah, and Jack uh, Captain Jack was in that. No, I don't. I'm pretty sure he wasn't. Well, he definitely he definitely made an appearance <laughs> on on Doctor Who. I do know that much. So. I am looking into this as <laughs> we speak. Thank uh, God for IMDb. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was. He was the midshipman. Uh, it was that Titanic episode, but Captain Jack was not a part of that. Oh, he was, yeah, um, it was. It was in the finale of Tenet when he was saying goodbye to everybody. Yes, they showed he was with him. Yes, that's who that is. That's uh, they they showed because he was still in the suit from that Christmas episode from that season. Uh, that's who David Tennant's character ended up with. So. Yes, yeah. 
but so, it wasn't during that episode. It was part of. It was the end of time, uh, which mm-hmm. was Tenet's farewell. Voyage of the Damned was the Titanic episode, which yes. he he was in initially. Yes. So um, so kind of cool that they actually that was a kind of a nice little six degrees of John Barrowman. So. <laughs> Well, even though we didn't get any John Barryman in the, in the episode. Yeah. It but, just kind of sucked. Yeah. But, hey, you know what? I, I will say um, I was really pleased with the Ray. I think the only thing that could have made him cooler is if all of a sudden they brought up at the end when you saw Winshot's group and found out that that, that they are the Freedom Fighters from Earth yeah. X, which would have been cool if they said, hey, oh, by the way. And, oh, you know what? We got to bring this up because we didn't. Uh, I know we still have a ton to talk about. We got some Guardian in I know! It, I was so excited! We and we Guardian. We got almost a version... It's a completely different version of Guardian that I've ever seen before, and that's it's the Stars and Stripes. He was basically the Captain America of Earth-X. Uh, you know what it kind of was? It was, was kind of taking the idea of the Uncle Sam uh, in the Free Fighters angle, and they kind of said it was a little bit of Uncle Sam, a little bit of the Guardian. So I, th- I thought that was a kind of a cool touch. Yeah, this was the first taste of Guardian that we've gotten all season from Supergirl. So I was very excited to see that it started off that way. Uh, obviously killed off in the very beginning, so no James throughout the rest of the episode. Uh, but at least we got a little bit of that, and I was very excited to see that. I'm kind of hoping now we can explore the Guardian thing going into the second half of the season of Supergirl. Yeah, too. but I was I, I was really happy that they got some of the key characters from Supergirl in there. We got Wynn, we got you know James... Uh, Alex and of course Kara so that was great the fact that they did pull a few more of those characters into the mix which well there were a couple other characters that we got pulled into the mix as well obviously we saw Quentin mm-hmm. uh, we saw a version of Quentin on Earth X shooting and, the scenery like a boss man yeah <laughs> and I don't know if you picked up on it or not as well but we also got DeVoe we did get DeVoe so you did notice it okay it was a very short scene uh, but we did get a DeVoe on Earth X who turns out to be one of the Nazi scientists Yes. So, very short scene with um, with Stephen Amell as they're walking through, talking about the the, the portal over to the other side. But uh, we we still got him. I mean, we still got an Earth X version of Devo, which was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was a nice touch that they they slipped that in because it was an easy blink and you miss it kind of thing. Because yeah. you look at the character, because you know Earth X has that very dark gritty look to it constantly, so you're kind of distracted. There's a lot going on, so your eyes are kind of like, and we're not used to seeing Devo outside of the suit with the exception of one episode so far so when you see him in the the nazi regalia it's you're kind of like oh wait a second and your eyes kind of adjust and realize but one of the big key things i gotta bring up too that was another moment that made me so giddy and happy the moment that we saw earth x man red skies guys uh that's always the symbol of a crisis in the dc world so i was very happy that that was already a big proponent of it and it was just that nice little nod so yes uh, so that made me, you know, made, made me squeal again a little bit like the comic fan that I am and a DC fan that I am. The only, I, you know, I got to, I, I would hate myself if I didn't bring this up. Uh, there's one thing that we didn't bring up for things that I'm a little disappointed about. Man, no Hall of Justice this time. I was really hoping they were going to bring back that old Star Labs again. So, but hey. Would have been fun. Would have been cool if they if they did do that. Yeah, because uh, the, the characters are all familiar with that place already. So it would have made sense to bring it back. But, yeah, I, you know, it is what it is. It's, Maybe next year. Maybe yeah. next year. Oh, God, where do they go with this next year? Like, oh. I have no idea. Dark side. Uh, th- oh, <laughs> you would have to at this point. Honestly, <laughs> if think... you just want to have fun, Starro. <laughs> a, a pot, uh, well, yeah. Well, no, they already defeated Starro. Well, they, they brought it up. So it's the question of what's next. So. True. Uh, bring back Apocalypse. 
um, hey, that's how soup, that's how Smallville went out in their final season. Mm-hmm. They brought in Apocalypse. Um, so two notable returns to characters this uh, for this crossover. Not very long and not very prominent, but we did see the return of Colin O'Dowell as Tommy Merlin, which in uh, one of the best twists that no one saw coming. Nope, because everybody had said like, nope. Colin's not coming back. He's on another show right now, so we're not able to get him, blah, 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 blah. And who turns out to be Prometheus X? But Tommy Merlin. And big twist that I had a huge smile on my face when it was revealed. Yeah, oh, that was I, that was such a great, fantastic moment. And it was – and I love the fact that more than likely the writers saw what everybody was expecting and who Prometheus was last year. That because Tommy Merlin was even when one of like when I did my chalkboard thing, I, I was just kind of like Tommy Merlin or, you know, all these things for who is uh, who is Prometheus um, in my Rip Hunter esque board that I made. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, I love the fact that they paid attention that so many people thought that that's who it was going to play out to be. And it was such a great idea that they they got a moment to bring him in just for at least a scene or two. But it, it, it was such the right call. And it was such this wonderful, beautiful twist. Yeah. Now, there was another one. I don't know if you picked up on this or not. It was very short. Uh, But we did get the return of another former cast member in voice form. And that would be Earth X's Gideon was done by Susanna Thompson, a.k.a. Moira Moira Queen. Mm -hmm. I did catch that, actually. Somebody brought that up on uh, one of the forums, and I went back and checked that quick little scene they had a little youtube snippet and i'm like that's kind of awesome yeah so it was nice that even though it was just one quick thing that she wasn't even credited for but uh we did get to see another cast member come back which was kind of cool now uh, there are a number of people you could have brought back at the same time i would have loved seeing robbie amell come back in some form as we had mentioned before uh john barrowman in some form or another would have been great to see katie, show cassidy, up. katie cassidy as well yeah. uh, would have been cool if they brought up like you know another version of her as well in her effects i think could have been pretty cool uh, but I would say for the most part, they did an amazing job of getting all the characters in there. Only a couple of them got pushed to the side. Uh, and even I love the fact that the way that they brought Diggle in at the end and he had his moment yet again, uh, cause I love his reactions to, to all the heroes. I wish we could have seen him deal with all of them, uh, a little bit more, but uh, you know, the moment that they still gave him worked out wonderfully. So, yeah, I mean, we kind of understand why he was written off in this story because of everything that's going on with him currently in um, in Arrow, so it's you know he's got the shakes, he's still working through that, so we can kind of understand why he's not part of this fight. But yeah, it would have been nice if we had a little bit more of him. Maybe have him help out at Star Labs with you know with everything that's going on there. But be, you know, be at the wedding as well. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's another one. Like <laughs> he should have been at the wedding. Their wedding list was kind of odd. <laughs> God, so. you don't invite me to the wedding, and now you want me to marry you? Come on. <laughs> I was like, I'm a little salty, buddy. <laughs> um, a couple other, no- yeah, uh, a couple other notes that I have for stuff that I wanted to bring up real quick, and then we can talk Get one it. or two big things. The best um, moments, yes. Well, not uh, the best moments, the best characters, best and- characters and such. Um, it, it, I, I thought the Metallo fight was kind of great. I thought the CGI was kind of lacking a little bit of Metallo, but the final fight with everybody with him, uh, it was nice, kind of seeing. Uh, a moment for these characters to come together and just blast Metallo into nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as the final battle. There were some moments from the final battle that really stood out to me. Um, uh, Adam riding on one of the spheres I thought was great. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was really, really stoked about the whole time standing still while Barry and Eobard fought. Oh, that was such a cool moment. That they was... were that, that was so awesome. Yeah, they 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 really had fun with that fight, uh, and I think they really succeeded. Um, I, yeah, I, that was it was such a great final fight. Uh, like I said, the only issue I had really, like, as I mentioned it, it, with that at all was just uh, the wrap up went, went a little bit, but the fight itself, man, that, that moment of them walking underneath that overpass all like side by side. And when that began, you're like, oh, do it. I can't wait to see this happen. <laughs> so, uh, but even just seeing all these, some of these characters on the wave rider again, too, and just wandering around on there. I'm like, because we got a couple moments of that last, last year, but all of them, man, that, that just brought a smile to my face. Yeah. Um, oh, and then two other quick things to mention before we, we move on. Um, one of them, uh, we kind of got a little bit of a moment in this crossover that kind of almost pinpointed the fact that Oliver, in a way, is the Batman of this series. Uh, and that is in the form of the Kryptonite Arrow. Yeah. Uh, he, he had one in storage just for a case such as this. Now, it, you can tell when he built that arrow, it wasn't for an Earth-X version of Kara because they didn't know Earth-X even existed. So you have to realize this kryptonite arrow was created for Kara. So that's kind of something that kind of gets overlooked a little bit. It's 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 kind of important because it's a big point in BVS and that, that's what Batman uses the kryptonite for. Uh, but Oliver kind of has a contingency plan for Kara too, and that's in the form of these kryptonite arrows. Yeah, and the fact that it was – he didn't have one of them. He had multiple because we saw her catch another one and break it in half. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting to see, and it, it, I'm wondering if that's going to cause some problems down the road. So Now, it also brings another point to mind that I don't know if a lot of these – a lot of people have put thought into. But if Kryptonite exists on Earth-1 mm-hmm. – I was thinking the exact same thing. Is there, in fact – a super-powered Kara or, and or, Superman on Earth-1? That's a big question now, and I'm really kind of wondering the same thing, because when that came up, and I'm like, that's awesome, and the episode ended, I'm like, huh. Yeah. Wait a second. Because (laughs) there was another moment like that, too, that also makes you stop and go, huh, wait a second, which was in the very first episode. And there is a cantor at the church that comes up to Barry, it says, you're Barry Allen. You're a CSI. I, I didn't, I never thought I'd see you. As, uh, you know, he's like, you're so young. And man, that opened up a thousand and one questions to a lot of people because they did not answer that for very good reasons. Uh, that is one of two characters. Uh, and everybody is very split right now on who those two characters would be or, or who she, that character definitely is. Um, so it is. The best way you can put it, it's either Don Allen, uh, which is one of the Tornado Twins, or um, which is Barry and Iris' daughter, or it is jumping ahead a little bit into the future, and that is his granddaughter, XS, who is one of the Legion, which we obviously know the Legion is happening over on Earth-19, currently with Kara. So the question really is going to be who this turns out to be. So this is kind of a big question now that is going to linger, and I'm sure it's going to linger for the rest of the season. Uh, maybe we'll get an answer somewhere near the end, but it's kind of awesome that there was some other time traveling going on somewhere, and we don't know where or why yet. So uh, kind of excited to see where that goes. That's yeah. really awesome that we're kind of getting a hint at that. 
So um, I don't know if that made you kind of squeal or if you put that together really quickly. I did, but I was thinking more Dawn Allen than anything else, uh, just because of the interaction between the two of them. Like, you could tell she was really giddy to be there. But the granddaughter aspect does make sense as well, that it could be uh, his granddaughter. She would be just as giddy there to be there to see the, the wedding of her grandparents. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, and I hope they explore this sometime in the near future. I don't think it's anything we're going to get before the season returns. Because um, there's only one episode before the season takes a break, so I, I don't think it's anything we're going to get into this next episode, into this mid-season finale. Uh, but speaking of the wedding, one other thing I forgot to mention before I make my final point, before I bring up the final thing. Well, actually, uh, real, real quick before we move into that, I had one other thing on the excess part. So if that's okay, oh, go for it. Okay, the only reason I'm still leaning towards excess is, well, she is the daughter of Dawn, but what's interesting with her is. She never had super speed until she was kidnapped by somebody that we've already seen before and somebody we've seen in the Arrowverse, and that would be the Dominators. She was kidnapped by the Dominators, and that's when her super speed kind of activated uh, for the very first time. So I'm really wondering if there is the connection. Uh, so that could be why I'm leaning into the excess part, because I'm wondering okay. if the Dominators are not done yet. We saw one actually in this season uh this episode or the start of this with Kara fighting a dominator on her earth uh so that might be that connection point because uh, she even makes a comment this was so last year before she knocks him out yeah. Um, yeah so yeah i'm wondering if there was a little bit more going on there so definitely could be uh i know there is another cameo appearance in episode one very quick i do not know if you picked up on uh, but the minister, uh, believe it or not, he was probably walking on air. Uh, he was played by William Cat, a.k.a. the greatest American hero. Mm-hmm. I did catch so that. It was nice that they brought in another superhero from a previous show. Not necessarily DC Universe, but still uh, a nice little homage to uh, an older show, bringing him in for just a quick roll until he's uh, uh, burned into dust. Yes. <laughs> Be- <laughs> so, best wedding ever. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. It's so great. Mick had so many great one-liners throughout this. My favorite is uh, him just sitting down uh, you know, when they're like bride or groom. And he's like, well, I have tried to kill the groom multiple <laughs> times. So I guess the bride. And then he sits down next to Captain Singh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Friend from work? Uh, not exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, so... One other thing to bring up before we start talking about our favorite and, and least favorite characters from the crossover. This is the, the biggest, probably one of the biggest moments of the crossover. And I was saving this for last because it kind of sucks to talk about. Um, but we had a death. There is a casualty uh, as a part of the crossover. You definitely predicted the way it was going to happen. And I unfortunately was not, uh, while I saw it coming at a certain point, uh, I did not prepare myself for it enough, and I cried like a little baby. I will not lie, as did many other people, so uh, I'm not ashamed to admit it. And my wife included. Um, we got the death of Professor Martin Stein in the crossover. Um, and it really, what really is tragic about it, and I think what makes it so sad, is the fact that, you know, throughout the course of these past couple weeks, they've been kind of gearing up for Martin to go home. And it's kind of ripped away in a moment of not even a moment. Well, I guess it's kind of a moment of sacrifice because 
but from that moment when you know Jack says to him, "You mean you want to split up?" I'm like, "Oh no!" I'm like, "This is this is gonna be it for them. Like, you don't split up if you don't have to. Like, why would you?" Um, and the moment he shot in the back, I'm like, "Okay, the Wave Rider can fix him. The Wave Rider can fix him." And um, I, I have to say, like, I the moment when the death finally happens. Um, I'm just going to put this out there right now talking about uh, the reason why I saved this for last leading into favorite characters is everything is because my favorite characters, standout characters of this crossover are going to two people. They're going to um, to Victor and they're going to Franz because uh, that's exactly Franz, where I'm at too. Franz was absolutely phenomenal. His, I, his, I, his, I, oh, go ahead. I cried during the death of Victor. Because of the two of them together, um, the interaction between the two of them, especially when I'm, I'm getting chills just talking about it. Because um, uh, even watching it again last night, I cried again watching it. Can, can I um, say probably what the part that broke you was? Go ahead. Uh, it's when Jax has to tell Clarissa, and that's what killed me. Well, that did break me. That broke me a second time. I was already crying by that point, and that just brought it all back. But the moment when they're talking about how their family and Victor considers Jack's a son. And when Victor says to him as a father, how could this be any other way? You know, as in like he's sacrificing his life for his son. So his son could live like at that point in time, dude, I was gone. Yeah. Like it was, uh, that was such a, um, a amazingly written and beautifully performed scene from Victor Garber that, that goodbye sequence. Um, and, you know, I kind of wish uh, – there's a part of me that originally was like I really wish some of the other legends could have been there for that moment. But that was such an important scene between the two of them, and I think that they did it right. Yeah. Um, uh, and, again, like that moment and just like them holding hands as as he passes and it's – it was really – as sad as it was, it was one of my – another again another favorite moment of the show because there was so much emotion in that scene and it's really what pushed uh the final battle at the end you know there's a moment where sarah says let's do this for the professor um and it's funny because you see that whole group shot of everybody there and it never clicked to me when we saw that image posted on facebook before the crossover started there's so many people in that image that it never crossed my mind. Firestorm was not one of them. Yeah. Um, uh, so it, it was kind of a giveaway that Stan never made it, but it was. Um, it was the most powerful moment of not just the crossover, but probably all of the Arrowverse as a whole. Um, I think it was the. It was easily one of the best moments in the most. I think the only thing that ever came close to that was, in my mind, was actually the crossover last year when it's Ollie looking back on his life in the hundredth episode of Arrow. Um, I think are the two biggest standout moments of the Arrowverse that has happened so far. And um, and I actually think that right now this one trumps it because that was just so – it was touching and beautifully written, beautifully performed. Um, and it was probably the most impactful thing that's happened yet. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you you had, I had mentioned before when you had predicted that this was possibly going to happen during the crossover that Stein was going to die. Um, I'd said too that if if he dies, whether it be in the crossover, or whenever I was going to ball like a little baby, uh, I called that because that's exactly 
That's exactly what happened. Yeah, and it, it's and it wasn't once. It was like three or four times that like I kind of like this kept getting teary, which was the goodbye. Then it was Jack him telling you know Clarissa and Lily, Lily and. And then Jack's speech at the funeral. And then not just that, but that quiet moment when you're watching and looking at all the legends. And me and my wife both kind of said it. The moment that really hurt the most was looking at Brandon Ralph as Ray. Yeah. Looking at the picture of the two of them and just the tears in his eyes. And it's just, it was just a quiet scene. And then it shows the rest of the legends just all just broken. Um, and that just brought it all flooding back, like in seconds. And I'm now, like, even thinking about it, starting to like well up a little bit. And I'm like, oh. dude, I, I was, I was too when we were talking about it. And but not only the, the moment with Brandon Routh on the wave rider, looking at the picture of him and Stein, but also seeing him crying at the funeral, like seeing the tear running down his cheek at the funeral, was just another moment. It was like, I, I wanna, I, as much as it sucks to see Victor leave the show because we knew it was happening, um, and seeing it happen in this way. I'm very curious with this week being the mid-season finale, what the repercussions of this are going to be with him. Uh, we're, I don't think we're going to see anything come of it on Flash or Arrow or Supergirl, obviously, but I think Legends, obviously, is what it's going to impact, and I'm very curious as to how it's going to impact them this week. Um, I have an important question now for you before we we get ready to go into the next points or our final thoughts on everything. Um, what do you think is next for Jax? I've heard some interesting theories, uh, one in particular uh, that I could see possibly happening, but um, I think I think it's going to be a little time before we see anything happen with him. I don't think we're going to see anything come of Jax in this midseason finale. I think he's still going to be on the Wave Rider, and I think he's, he's kind of going to be um, in a funk that he's going to have to come out of, and so I don't see anything immediate happening with him don't let's not forget we saw a time period where we saw ray palmer uh just as a, a passenger on the wave rider before he he built another atom suit and i think we're going to see the same thing with jacks before they figure out what they're going to do with him i think the writers already know obviously um uh, but one of the interesting theories that i i've heard is that um we could see the return of ronnie in the form of stein's grandson uh, we could see them meet a future version of him and him actually have the ability to merge with Jax and him actually a future version of ja- of Ronnie actually become a passenger on the wave rider. Uh, the only other thing I could see and would I, I, I would love to see it too because let's be honest, Firestorm is a big CG heavy thing that they plan for the show all the time. I would like to see him become a Blue Lantern. Ooh. Not a Green Lantern, but a Blue Lantern, one that inspires hope. Yeah, that would be interesting. That would be a great way to bring the Lanterns into into the Arrowverse. Um, because he's a character that, like, I really love Jax, and I think he's always been one of the mentally strongest survivors of, out of all of them and just has one of the biggest hearts out of everybody there. Um, and I would really love to see them maybe play with the idea of not just a Green Lantern, but open up. The, you know the spectrum of lanterns that exist and giving him a shot in that direction because i think it would be really amazing to see or he's even, a character that would deserve it i think or even somehow becoming a part of the legion uh could be something yeah interesting getting to a do flight too. ring was one of the other thoughts i had too like you know a ring was involved in either direction it was yeah a, it was a legion ring or 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 that but i i, I would love to see him become a lantern at this yeah. point i think yeah. it's it, it could be an amazing thing but either that or if they just find another 
another connection for him is Firestorm. But yeah, it's a uh, it's going to be interesting. But I, I think the ramifications are going to be massive, and I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, there there's some rumblings of this week that we may see Stein one final time, uh, as I guess Jack's probably dealing with some the repercussions and maybe time traveling back to see him. And I think like I think he is in the cast. I think he is in the cast for this week too, because that was one of the things that made me think that he might not particularly be being killed off uh, in this one. But I think uh, he is. He is credited for this week, so it could be in the form of flashbacks. It could be, like you said, a, a form of time travel in which mm-hmm. Jax goes to see him. Because I think again, we're going to see. Oh yeah, because we see a young Martin Stein casted in this week too, uh, yeah. as well as Wentworth Miller. So it's going to be cool to see. Uh, this week and how everything steps up. And I think it's kind of almost fitting that um, Snart and Citizen Cold is part because, again, we've just kind of lost a character and, in essence, we've lost two for a little while because we don't know exactly what's going to be happening with Jax. Yeah. So they need somebody to kind of take up the slack a little bit. Uh, yeah, but e- easily the MVP of, of it all is, is a tie with uh, Jax with and Stein. And, yeah. yeah, and yeah, yeah, Franz and, and, um, and Victor. Victor. Um, yeah, I, I I couldn't give it to another uh, any other characters as well. So you and me are definitely on the same page. That was easily the most beautiful and most touching um, things that have happened in, in in this this crossover. And it was regardless of what happened, even if it was a whole bunch of people uh, just playing pinochle on a ship, and this happened in the background of it all, I probably still would have given it a legend because as long as those scenes existed, I I that was what was I can't give this anything but a legend um, because it was just perfect. Yeah. Um, final thoughts. I, I don't really want to name a least favorite because I don't think I have one. There's not a least favorite for me. It, it, there's it, there's a least favorite subplot, but we already discussed that. But I don't think those characters were bad characters. No. I, I, and again, like, and, and as far as like least favorite character, there really isn't a character that kind of was bad. Like this entire crossover, everybody was strong. Everybody in one way or another kind of got their time to shine a little bit, even if it was a couple seconds. Yeah. So everybody was featured. Everybody kind of got their, had their role to play. So I, I, I can't give a negative to anybody. Yeah. And I, there's people and I, I'm going to actually, def- this is something that you won't hear me defend very often, but I, I, um, and we mentioned earlier, I love her character. I think Felicity is a great character. A lot of people were saying she was the weak link of all of this and caused all the problems. And I think Emily did an amazing job. I really did. Uh, with the material that was given to her and even when she was on her own, her and Iris kind of got to fix the problems from the Flash from a couple episodes back on the Bachelorette party. And they kind of got to repair the damage that a lot of people felt like their characters did as far as, as being strong females and they, they succeeded here. And I, I think they, they made it work and they did things the right way. And we saw her even play double duty. She, you know, playing an earth X version of her character that was about to be executed. You know, all these little moments. And I, I was really very, very happy and pleased. So uh, if people were like, Oh, she was the weak link. I really absolutely will disagree and defend that to the end. So yeah. Yeah. Me as well. So, um, final thoughts on on the crossover, uh, as well as some where do we go from here moments. Because um, final thoughts, uh, there's one, there's a pairing that we really didn't talk about, uh, and I, I I would feel bad if we didn't. But I loved what they did with Alex and Sarah. I thought that was great. Oh, dude, I totally uh, called that happening. Oh, uh, well, we, me and me, me and my wife jokingly <laughs> refer to as Legends of Tomorrow as Sarah Lance bangs her way through history. 
is actually how we refer to Liz Legends of Tomorrow. Not well. It's not just bangs her way through history now. Now it's bangs her way through history and dimensions. And, oh yeah, it, it, now it's bangs her way through the multiverse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's um, very true. Uh, but I, I really loved the fact that they they pulled them together. And like you were a little worried last week when they said oh, they're going to keep bringing out the Maggie stuff, and they did. But you know what? It was fine. They didn't overdo it. They did it just the right level, and they used Sarah as a great way for her to move past in her life and move forward. We had that Midvale episode, which they brought it up, but it was kind of like, this is a moment to grieve. Now this is the moment to move on. And it it was great. But there was one small, tiny little joke that we haven't brought up, and we need to, and that was Kara sleeping in the air. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> it would be impossible not to bring that up, because I just love that. Because I gotta see if I can track it down. It's floating around there on the internet somewhere. Uh, there's somebody who drew a great webcomic of Joe walking through his house and bumping across Kara sleeping in the sleeping bag midair. And she like kind of like rolls over in her sleeping, accidentally kicks Joe while he's grabbing a cup of coffee as he, you can see the bags under his eyes being tired. He's like, oh, it's OK, Kara, just go back to sleep. And then all of a sudden it's like three panels later of just him continuing to walk and his eyes just going wide open. And it just cracked me the hell up. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Uh, but I loved that little moment. And I, forget, I think it was Felicity. He was like, I wish I could sleep. Fly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, also in that in that same scene, too, that whole uh, – <laughs> with that old scene, one of my favorites was Mick. Uh, your daughter told asked politely that I don't walk around naked, so I'm wearing one of her dresses. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're out of milk. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Mick, Mick was still, I would say if there was a second character that wins the MVP, it was just him just because of the comedy he constantly brought to the mix. Yeah. Uh, he has been such, Dominic Purcell has been such this standout, uh, toward a force of humor. And I, I really am happy that he's able to do it on his own now. As much as I love watching him and Wentworth Miller together, just seeing him and showcasing him on his own has proved to still work so wonderfully. So, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so any other final moments? I mean, again, there was. I'm sure there's stuff we're missing. There Absolutely. Was, there's it some was great like, lines. You yeah. know, I just love a good pop culture reference in a moment of crisis, you know, from Cisco, which was great. Comparing Metallo to Terminator, come with me if you want to live. There's there's a ton of stuff that was part that make up this yeah. crossover. That yeah, I'm e- sure Eobard, you know, Eobard just be looking at, you know, Evil Ollie and be like, bring the brooding down like maybe 10%, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, um, but that's where you guys come in. That's where you listeners come in. We want to hear what some of your favorite moments of the crossover, what are some of your least favorite moments of the crossover, uh, what did you think of the character development, you know, give us your opinion on what you thought of this crossover as a whole. We want to hear it. Now that we've talked about it, we're free. Spoiler away on the Facebook page. Go for it. Uh, and let us know what you think. But now that the crossover talk is over, let's talk about the news of the week. Okay, and there's quite a bit of stuff. Some of it we have already discussed in this mix, but let's start in the film side of the world. Um, jumping back to Justice League, some a uh, couple fans pointed out a key thing that a lot of us missed, and that was a name that pops up on a screen at Star Labs when they're going through the videos of Silas working on saving Victor, and that is the name of Ryan Choi, which is, if you know, he is one of the people that has been the Adam in the comic book universe, which was a really cool nod. It was a really fantastic nod. And this is also the Ryan Choi we will be seeing join Injustice 2 
in probably about a month or two's time. So really kind of awesome that they added him into the mix. Um, so pretty cool. So really happy to see if you uh, you're an eagle-eyed fan. Hopefully you caught that. If not, when Justice League is available or if you go back to the theater, keep an eye out on the screens when you see that name pop up and you can squeal. Everybody can look at you like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> All right. Um, Also still talking about Justice League a little bit more. Uh, There was a character that was originally also planned to be in the film, uh, but they did cut it back. We did see kind of versions of their characters, but not the character specifically. That is the character of Desaid, who is, as many people know, uh, from the world of Apocalypse, is Darkseid's main follower, right-hand man, however you want to put it. You did see kind of three cloaked figures that look kind of similar to his character design. Uh, coming off one of the Apocalyptian ships as they fight the uh, Atlanteans, the Amazons, and uh, the humans, uh, along with that rogue Green Lantern that we see that everybody kind of geeked out about. But when you see that sequence with the parademons in the flashback, uh, you can guess, you can pretty much guess, like, was one of them supposed to be Desaid? Uh I think it's a nod to it, but they did say there was supposed to be Desaid in the mix, so... All right. So uh, as far as some future news for what's coming in the DCEU, uh, it sounds like that Kersey Clemens, who was cast as Iris West, potentially may be getting recast for Flashpoint. Apparently, they were originally going to do sequences for her for Justice League. There's supposed to be a small moment that you were going to see with Ezra Miller and uh, and her version of Iris and Barry together. But they did say, uh, you know, uh, and this is specifically I this was a. Uh, Back, I think, who um, this was Rick Famuyiwa when he was still working on Flash when he cast. Somebody else from Warner Brothers did come back and say, and I couldn't find the exact quote from who it was, but they did say this. I said before we were replacing Clemens with a digital woman in the shot. Clemens was brought on because of Famuyiwa, then he bailed. It meant Warner Brothers could recast her. That's around the time the shot was cut from the film. It's now been leaked online, so you can see the sequence of Kersey Clemens as Iris out there. Uh, but though well, they stopped all work being done on it to replace her uh, to stop any kind of fan backlash from her being cut from the film. So uh, there is a sequence that looks sounds like it's more of a standalone uh, or a, a, a stand in shot and not Kersey Clemens specifically. They were going to, like I said, do some digital work to to change some things up with it. But that is now out there if you want to find it online. So uh, my guess is if you head over to some places like Vimeo and such like that, where you don't see as much DMCA copyright act stuff, you can probably track that down. Um, and the continuation of some DCEU stuff here continuing on. It sounds like those post credit scenes, the one that we saw specifically in Justice League, introducing Joe Maganello's version of Deathstroke, a.k.a. Slade Wilson, uh, is the first of many to come. It sounds like we will be seeing them build up to the Legion of Doom over multiple films. So we'll be seeing Lex in the background and now the other cast members as they build up to what is going to be our Legion for maybe the sequel to Justice League down the road. So I think this is kind of a cool way to do it, Ben. I'm not sure on your viewpoints on it. No, I I agree with this too. I I think this is cool, and I'm very intrigued to see what other characters and actors they're getting to portray these characters. They're going to be introducing through the course of these cutscenes, these end end credit scenes, because... I mean, again, Maganello was kind of just a rumor as Deathstroke. It was, uh, I think, all but confirmed, and that that, that cutscene kind of confirmed it. So now I'm very curious to see uh, what other ones they're going to introduce over time. Uh, my guess is when we hit Aquaman, uh, my guess is we're going to see a Lex Luthor sequence at the end with Black Manta, uh, is my personal thought. So I'm going to put money down on that one now. So we'll see if that one pans out. Because we do know Ocean Master is the big bad for uh, Aquaman, but if you want to continue this, 
and that being the next film in the mix, that feels like the right call. So uh, on to Wonder Woman 2. Patty Jenkins gave a little bit of a discussion as far as what for us to expect. So I'm going to read that for you guys verbatim. Uh, I really still uh, still going to uh, like, you know, it's really still going to other values of hers and a similar formula insofar as making a great, enjoyable, fun movie. But that ultimately is in its third act term, some very big issues and a very big experience that will aim to have slightly more weight and prof- uh, profundity that it, ha- uh, that it has to have. Because it's a formula that I really like, and I really like the idea of taking somebody on a very solid, great journey, but that it arrives uh, that arrives at a bigger question being answered. So it's like that, but it, because she is Wonder Woman, and she's here now, and she's fully developed, it's got a great fun from the start, and a great big superhero presence from the start. It's funny, and it's also a great love story again, and a couple of new unbelievable characters who I'm excited to uh, talk about. And we're going to be very different from where we were in the last film. So it sounds like this is going to be a big tonal shift. Uh, but it sounds like it's going to be a continuation of the hero's journey. Kind of like we saw finally pay off for uh, Superman. But yeah. thankfully, Wonder Woman already started is starting off from a really good point. But it sounds like... Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's the thing. Like, it, There's a big difference between where Wonder Woman is starting off and where Man of Steel started off with Superman. Because I wasn't happy with that one. Wonder Woman I was very happy with. Yeah. So, like I said, it sounds like, again, uh, I know that it's a kind of awkward you know, paragraph to read. So I apologize if that came off awkwardly, but I tried to, again, read this verbatim. It didn't have the best flow. So but pretty much, again, what Jenkins was really saying is uh, expect some very unexpected characters and a very big endpoint that's going to make you question some things and answer some things. So um, really kind of looking forward to seeing where that goes. But again, right now, it's still set for a November 1st, 2019 release. So just ahead of episode nine. Oh, oh God, I'm getting excited. <laughs> All right. Now into the things that we didn't expect to see this week. Uh, that is on the small screen, but we got our first look at Bretton Thwaites as Dick Grayson in his Robin costume. And holy shit, it looks good. It's uh, great. Uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to see a full body you know, shot of the costuming and then start seeing the other characters come together. We do know 2018 for the Titans, uh, you know, see, like series that's going to be running on the DC streaming service, which we haven't heard much about yet uh, when that's going to happen. But we know, uh, you know, he's he, he looks amazing for this role. Uh, I mean, absolutely. And I'm so excited for when we finally get to see Starfire in full costuming, you know, Raven and then ultimately Beast Boy. And then we still have Hawk and Dove. So, uh but this is a really good start, and this looks like a really fantastic Robin suit. Very Tim Drake-esque, which is the only way to go, I think, in my opinion. The only other way you can mix it up is a little bit of Damien in there. But this uh, this looks like a great Dick Grayson. So I'm I'm more than excited and more than on board. Yeah, but now I want to see images of other characters. I know. I'm ready. Um, <laughs> okay, now for the really big story, and then we'll roll with a couple softballs as we, we come out of this mix. But Andrew Kreisberg has 100% officially been let go from the DC yes, TV universe and from the CW and Warner Brothers. Uh, so I will read this statement, as we promised we would when this happened. After a thorough investigation, Warner Brothers Television Group has terminated Andrew Kreisberg's employment effective immediately. Uh, Greg Berlanti will assume additional responsibilities on both The Flash, where he will work closely with executive producer and co-showrunner Todd Helberg, and Supergirl, where he will work closely with executive producer, co-showrunner Robert Robner and Jessica Queller. We remain committed to providing a safe working environment for our employees and everyone involved in our productions. 
the additional statement was uh, saying Warner Brothers Television Group uh, recently concluded its investigation into the allegations of Christberg. We encourage and support this investigation and believe and support the individuals who came forward, and we agree with the studio's decision. Nothing is more important for us uh, than the safety and well-being of our colleagues, co-workers, crew, and staff alike. And that was stated from Greg Berlanti himself. Um, so uh, I'm very happy that they took this seriously. They had their investigation and they did quickly. Um, you know, it's a real shame. Kreisberg was a big, huge proponent of creating this, but it, you can't stand by on, uh, behind somebody that um, is responsible for acts like this. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm very happy to see that Warner Brothers and CW were very quick and smart on their decisions or what they did. Uh, and really happy that they're standing behind uh, the people that came forward. So, but uh, I mean, the question is really how this is going to impact the rest of the seasons as they go forward. Greg Berlanti is going to obviously be stretched very thin. Um, so hopefully the showrunners and all can can adjust as needed, uh, and this doesn't impact the shows in a major way for the rest of the seasons going forward. I I'm under the impression I don't think it will. Um, Ber- Berlanti, yeah, he's going to be stretched a little thinner than he would. Uh, had uh you know Christberg still been a part of it but he's got a hell of a team behind they him do. They do. Uh, so i i really don't think this is gonna i don't think as viewers we're going to see much of this affect the shows at all yeah the only the only place i could see it maybe impacting a little bit more is the flash uh Christberg was a writer on that show as well and one of the big writers on that show so um but I think they already have their game plan for the season i'm sure the people there are going to be able to pick up and move forward i think this is an opportunity right now i think cw really should reach out to Zach Stentz. Uh, who has written some of the best episodes of The Flash and try to bring him on in a little bit more of a full-time capacity. Uh, obviously, he wrote episodes like The Runaway Dinosaur and a few others that we love. Um, so I think it would be a wise decision for them maybe to try to take somebody like that and help fill those roles. So, all right. Uh, moving out of that, we have some discussions about Arrow. Uh, and this is something that we brought up a little earlier, and this was the statement about uh, what was happening with the fan base, uh, as we mentioned earlier that Ben brought up. <laughs> uh, this was something that came out, and this is not the first time this has happened, so please, guys, don't view this as us attacking. We made our viewpoints very clear early on and how we view things, but apparently there's a large, and I mean large, portion of the fan base, and mostly that is the entirety of the Reddit thread on, uh, you know, obviously Reddit for the Arrow subreddit. Um and uh, they are not too happy yet again. Uh, the last time we saw something like this happen was, I think, around season three or four, when uh, after the season wrapped in anger, they changed their subreddit over to a Daredevil one. This time, after the crossover, they have now changed it to support the Punisher instead. <laughs> uh, and their official statement was this. If anybody from the CW Network or Arrow writers is reading this, the reason Arrow subreddit has changed to Punisher is because, well, Arrow is no longer what it used to be. Uh, season five was this true back to form, but season six is an utter disappointment. The forced Elicity wedding proved the show is for shippers yet again. It's a shame for writers. Uh, these writers haven't learned from their lessons from season three and four and couldn't let go of their obsession with shipping these two characters. Um, again, we made our statements. We have no problem that they are together at this point. It is just no. please don't screw it up again and do a back and forth because that is just going to impact the show in a very negative way. Um and again, we brought up we weren't a fan of how it was handled in the crossover. Not to say that these two characters couldn't end up together. It was just a poor way it went down. So yeah. Uh, but apparently some other people are very much more angry about the situation on how it went down. So if you are a big Arrow fan, I highly suggest don't go over to Reddit. Don't add to the don't feed the trolls. 
let them be. <laughs> uh, it's better to just find the communities that you like, the people that have your same viewpoints, talk to them, but try not to take it to anger. Try not to send negative messages to each other. Um, you know, and don't be afraid to voice your opinions, but again, don't feed into the hate. So just move forward, enjoy the shows, and that's what we will do as well. Yes. All right. Uh, a couple of bit of casting things happening, too. Uh, Kendrick Sampson, uh, who is from How to Get Away with Murder and the Vampire Diaries, is now in a multiple episode arc as the DC villain Brainstorm, a.k.a. Dominic Lace. Uh, we do know that this character is appearing on The Flash. It is another mentally powered supervillain and who actually has tangled with uh, Mr. Terrific in the past. So kind of interesting. So, but obviously fits very nicely into the mix with the thinker. So we will definitely be seeing that. And it is, they did state multiple episodes. We don't know if this is a multi-part, but we do know very specifically this will have some tie to DeVoe's plans. Uh, somebody else, too, joining into the mix on The Flash is, uh, we, don't know, this. we don't know yet who he is playing at all, but he does have a two-episode arc. That is none other than the third wrestler to now appear in the Arrowverse. We've already had... Uh, Adam Copeland and uh, Cody Rhodes, but he will—they will now be joined by Bill Goldberg, WWE legend himself. Also, I from, forgot about Adam Copeland. Yeah, Adam Copeland was uh, Adam Smasher, Edge. Yeah, that's right. Edge in the mix for a little while there for an episode. So we we are seeing uh, Bill Goldberg join into the mix. Uh, like I said, former WCW now WWE legend coming into the mix for at least a two episode part. So uh, I wonder I, you would think with somebody like him and somebody of his size and stature, he's got to be a metahuman. Uh, I, I would think. Do you think he was on the bus? Bill Goldberg's is not like not no, going well. I, and... I, no, I don't think he was on the bus. I just think <laughs> he's got to play some kind of metahuman at uh, of some kind. I would think I mean, villain probably suits him better, but I'd love to see him come in almost maybe like a partner to uh um oh god um Danny Trejo's character um maybe even see a return of Danny Trejo like this is his partner that would be kind of awesome so I th- I think that would be fun all right and the last story we've got for you is the one I want to happen more than anything else though uh and this just made me smile <laughs> uh so recently uh there was a voice actress that came out online and said you know what it's time for us to uh to reach out and make some things happen. And that would be the voice actress who played Wonder Woman from the Justice League animated series. Uh, she reached out, and that's just Susan Eisenberg, and said, you know, this is it's time. It's absolutely time that we need to pull everybody back together. Let's bring in Kevin Conroy, you know, Phil Lamar, um, you know, Everybody that's been in the mix of these shows for years and years and years said it's time. Greg Newborn, who played you know Superman, obviously, if you don't know the voice actors, Kevin Conroy, who was Batman, Phil Lamar, who voiced uh, you know John Stewart's Green Lantern, and actually Michael Rosenbaum from Smallville, who was the Flash on that show as well, all said, "Man, this show was prematurely canceled. Bring us back for one DC animated movie. Let us finish it the right way. Do it right." And even Andrea Romano, who is the biggest legend of voice acting directors out there who is in retirement said without question if this happens she will come back in full force to make this a project she will personally make sure is handled wonderfully and she said i guarantee if this happens i can even pull hamill back to play joker in this and the oh. dc animated universe the proper <sighs> dc animated universe 
for one more one more hello. So, uh, but it sounds like all of them are on the same footing. So I wouldn't be surprised if Warner Brothers makes a decision to make this happen sometime in the future. Uh, but man, like I said, Batman Harley Quinn was a real close return to form to the Timverse. It would be great to see a true final goodbye. So, yeah. Absolutely. That'd be amazing. Yeah, so that news story that makes me the happiest is easily this. And I mean, it's it's kind of funny, too, because a couple of these cartoon voice actor legends are also getting back for another project that completely not DC related. Uh, but it's Kevin Conroy, Rob Polson, who has done some something amazing for me personally in the past for Extra Life. Yes, uh, and yes. Andrea Romano uh, are all working together on a new project. Uh, and it's all about voice actors, but they're animals. Uh, and it's, uh, I think it's called the gang is all here. So, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens with that, but it's a lot of these big, huge voice actors all coming together for this specific project that, uh, Rob Polson going to be doing. And, uh, I think Andre Romano is going to be one of the producers on. So, uh, really cool to excited to see what they do with that. So. It's funny. I've been, um, uh, next week I have my surgery on Friday, so I'm kind of going to be down for the count on over the course of the weekend. Uh, and I've been trying to figure out what I'm going to be doing, like probably like watching or playing on uh, my game consoles and stuff. This past weekend, I've been playing. I finally broke out uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider for the first time. In, I like, need to get back years. to that. I played like an hour of it, put it down and stopped. Dude, the game is gorgeous. Oh, I know. I have it. Well, keep in mind, I have a 4K TV, too. And that thing supports yeah. HDR like, whoa. So I am excited to see. I've games. owned it. I've owned it since it came out. And this is the first I'm actually getting to play it. It came out in November of 2015. Um, so this is the first I'm getting to play it and I've been playing it. I was playing it like nonstop yesterday, but I was thinking, um, one of the things I really wanted to do while I'm kind of like down next weekend is I wanted to go back and revisit some of the, uh, the DC animated films. Uh, I want to go like back, back to like Batman mask of the phantasm and, um, and, and revisit a lot of those films. I just haven't watched in a long time. Uh, if I can make a recommendation instead of doing that. I think it's time for you to play catch up, sir, on a little thing called Young Justice. Oh, okay, all right, that's that's a good one too. Because I'll tell you this now: if you like the animated films, dude, Young Justice, watch it from start to finish, and you'll be like, "Holy crap!" and understand, really understand why everybody is losing their minds and waiting for season three. Well, and- another good th- another good thing too is that a lot of these shows, not just the DC shows, but everything in particular, is going on break. Um, over the course of like the next three, two, two, three, four weeks. So now's a good time to over the holidays uh, to get caught up on a lot of different things. I mean, there are Netflix shows in my queue that I've been wanting to watch. Young Justice is one of them. So uh, we're heading into that time of year where now's a good time to start playing catch up. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? That does wrap up the news. But there's something I think you and me really need to talk about. And I didn't even bring it up to you that we need to do this. But I think it's necessary. Okay. I, I think we need to talk about Avengers Infinity Wars trailer because, well, it's not DC. Man, well, that... but however, we did get a Marvel reference. We did. In the crossover. We got a, we Spider-Man. Got a Spider-Man reference. We did, which is why I thought, you know what? We should really bring this up this week because that trailer was something kind of awesome. So, uh, Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> It was not the trailer that was shown at Comic-Con because no. I did get to see that when it was leaked. Um uh, so there's still some stuff that we have not seen yet in the trailer, and this trailer really doesn't show a lot, but it shows enough to make you feel, holy shit, this movie's going to be amazing. 
Uh, I will say this, though. There was a moment at the end of the trailer, because I have not seen Thor Ragnarok, that really spoiled a moment of Thor Ragnarok for me. Oh, <laughs> yep. Yeah, if you haven't seen Thor yet, it kind of ruins something. Uh, which is kind of crazy, because Thor's only been out, what, a month and a half, give or take? Not even. Yeah, and it's I, just kind of like, hey, guess what, guys? Uh, Thor's missing an eye. So and you're yeah. like, uh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I knew about this happened already. A lot of stuff for that was already spoiled for me. But, um, yeah, that was kind of a ballsy move on Marvel's part to throw that in there at the very ass end just well, to be but, able to introduce the Guardians of the Galaxy. Well let's, not, well, let's keep in mind, though, that while that was spoiled for you before you having this chance to see Thor, let's not forget the Comic-Con trailer came out before Thor Ragnarok even hit theaters. So that was something that was spoiled for everybody in Hall H before they even had a chance to see Ragnarok because that moment was in I've seen that trailer that moment is in that trailer that comic-con trailer so the fact that Thor loses an eye spoiler alert um the fact that Thor loses an eye in Thor Ragnarok uh, was spoiled for a couple hundred people before Thor even hit theaters Mm -hmm. so which now thinking about it might have been a good reason why Marvel didn't release that trailer that very well maybe, and they had to wait a little bit of time because of that. Yeah. Because that's such a that was such a big moment in that trailer. Um, so yeah, like I said, you know, I, I know I'm excited. Um, I have a lot of Marvel MCU to catch up on. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I, I'm, I'm missing about four movies mentally. Um, really? Yeah. yeah I, what I, movies have you not seen yet? I really probably should watch Doctor Strange through one more time because I watched. Oh yeah, I, I watched I've... it like four times, but in pieces. Um. I've only seen it once. I saw it once in theaters, and I've been dying to watch it again. I, I need to do it. And, you know, I, again, it's, it's, I think it's the difficulty for me, though, too, is I, my, I, I don't have a lot of personal attachment to Marvel, which is um, – it's, it's a little bit more of a chore sometimes because I am getting even a little burned out on comic book movies, even if it's DC stuff, um, that it's – that at times I'm kind of like, I just want to sit down and, like, watch Kingsman Golden Circle or Atomic Blonde and not have to watch a, a comic book film. Um <laughs> So yeah, it's 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 getting to a point where I'm going to the theater less and less, uh, and when I go, it's starting to become less for comic book reasoning. So, uh, I so I am trying to expand out some of the things I'm seeing because I was falling into this trap where the only time I was going was for these films, and it started feeling like I was watching the same film on repeat, and that's not a good way to view these movies, uh, yeah. especially with what you and me do. So I, I know I needed to seriously take a break. But before um, Infinity War comes out, I will play catch up because I never watched Thor 2, Thor 3. Um, I, I, I hate to admit this, but I have not gotten through Homecoming in a single sitting. That was another one that was a multiple multiple. Watch. I thought you were going to say Guardians Volume 2. I saw that in the theater, unfortunately. Um, oh, it, I know. You and I disagree on that. Yeah, that is, that is, I think, right now the bottom of the barrel film for me for Marvel right now. So... Um, but again, I, I have a very different opinion on that than most. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's quite okay. But I, I do want to play some catch up, and uh, I, I, I am looking forward to this film. It does look like it's going to be a good good time. So. I had um, I saw something from Nerdist uh, in which they might have pre- they they kind of predicted that the new Infinity War trailer uh, kind of predicts the demise of one of uh, one of the characters. Uh, and that they think this trailer might be showing the end to Tony Stark, uh, a.k.a. Iron Man. Because the writers, Kevin Fe- uh, Kevin Feige has already come out and said that there are heroes that are not making out of this alive. Uh, they also said that by uh, Avengers 4, it is the closeout chapter for, I think they said, um, the majority of the classic MCU characters. So they said, uh, I think Captain America, 
like Steve Rogers, Captain America will be yeah. will be done. Um, Hemsworth will be, be done as Thor. Uh, Iron Man will be finished up as well, and it will be focusing on the new Avengers going forward. Uh, well, not only that, but I think they also said that this is kind of, yeah, this is kind of going to be the finale. Avengers Four is kind of going to be like the finale of everything that Marvel has been doing now, and I think going forward, which they've already said that we're, I think we're like twenty. By, by Avengers 4, I think we'll have been 22 movies in to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I think there's already another 20 are, planned. They already stated it is another 20-plus films planned post-Avengers 4, which is insane. Yeah. It's crazy, and I'll be in theater watching every single one of them. Uh, like That's the sad part. I, I, I think it's 22 films is a good run. It's time to take a little break, I think. <laughs> not going to lie. I, don't get me wrong. I love this stuff is getting getting its chance to shine. But I also think we're starting to get get a little close to abusing it. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll have um, to wait and see. And you know what the big question is? I, I, I we have to bring it up. Uh, there was a little while there where Fox was potentially being bought by Disney. It went off the table. Apparently, that talk is back on and in full force. Um, so it sounds like that could still happen. Uh, and it sounds like that talk is happening quicker than a lot of people anticipated and expected. So I wouldn't be surprised if. Um, give it a year we might be seeing the x-men and deadpool and fantastic four part of the mcu as as long as uh, the only one i'm up in the air about on that is deadpool because i mean they did so well with that movie and the sequels looking just as good that i don't i really hope marvel and disney kind of don't ruin it uh by putting like their disney touch on it i mean it's rated r for a reason they got to keep it that way um so you know it it's a we'll big see. wait and see. Yeah, it's a yeah. huge wait and see. Uh, before we move on to cheap plugs and everything, since we've been talking about like the Marvel and DC Universe, uh, a friend of mine asked me a question, and I'm going to pose the same question to you. I think I already know you. I kind of already know your answer on it, and then I'll tell you what my answer was. Uh, but he sent me an, a message on Facebook and asked me, I have time for one movie tonight, but I have two I haven't seen. Which should I watch? Spider-Man Homecoming or Wonder Woman? Um. It's that's an easy answer for you. I, I have a feeling yours is Wonder Woman. Yeah, that's still I think my that is my top dog of, of superhero films. And of all time. that was actually also my answer. Surprisingly, um, I told him I was like, look, I'm not going to lie. Spider-Man is fantastic. It's not the best Marvel movie, but it is hands down the best Spider-Man movie we have gotten yet. I agree. Uh, um, I said, but that being said, I have not been happy with the DCEU. With the exception of Wonder Woman, which I think is not only the best DC movie has ever DC movie DC has ever done, including the Nolan Batman's, but I also think it is one of the top three best comic book movies ever done. Yeah, I said so. As great as Spider Man is, I suggest you watch both of them. But if you had to pick only one tonight, go with Wonder Woman. Absolutely. Yeah, that was my choice too. Yes, yes. It's 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 just it's such a good movie. <laughs> so for a podcast we thought that was going to go about an hour because it was this just one of our crossover. longest episodes. <laughs> we're we're approaching two, so let's do some cheap plugs. Uh, recommendation: the only one I think we can both give is watch the crossover if you haven't already. Uh, but if you've listened to this podcast, chances are you've already watched it because otherwise we just spoiled the shit out of it for you. Yes, we did. <laughs> so, As it is our jobs. Yes. <laughs> so if you ever get angry, and uh, yeah, you so I'm gonna remember. I'm gonna amend that, and I'm going to say our recommendation for this week is watch the crossover again, mm-hmm. and and we'll go from there. Uh, uh, 
for me, different different recommendation. And oh, all right. My recommendation is if you haven't done it yet, because I know me and Ben both have it, and it's something we have to start doing. Give it a couple of weeks, guys. But we are going to finally get back to Batman: The Enemy Within season two. Getting back to the reviews of episodes two and now three, probably in a couple of weeks. So you have two weeks to play catch up, just like we do. So it's probably asking about four to six hours of your time. So. Yeah, because that's probably something we're going to be doing over the holiday, over the the break while the shows are on break. Uh, I think probably two weeks. I think this week we're going to talk about the mid season finales. Um, our next next podcast we're going to talk about the mid season finales, and then probably the following week we'll talk about uh, Enemy Within. Yes, because uh, you have your surgery this Friday, so all of loving kisses to you to make sure that <laughs> Thank you, you. you you heal up nicely. And if you need anything, obviously you know, give me a shout because yes. And then we, are same not, goes, we are not just co-hosts. We are also really damn good friends. So, And then same goes to you the following week when, yes. you, do, when you have your therapy, well, when I you have, have your surgery. I have my sur- surgical clearance uh, appointment the same day you have your surgery. So, okay. uh, and, uh, and, oh, you know what? I got to do one final thing. Uh, again, this is not a recommendation, um, but I have to tell all of you guys something that just meant the world to me that ended. Um, when we saw Justice League. Uh, right afterwards, he's like, I brought something home from the show for you. And I'm like, oh, that's really that's awesome. That's really nice of you. He just got me a little something. And, um, you know, we go over to his car and Ben hands me a beautiful art print uh, that Brian C. Roll did from Odyssey Art. A cheap plug. Um, and it is Ollie and Deathstroke. And he had them signed for me by Stephen Amell and Manu Bennett. So yes. I got to say how awesome that was. I was like, because at first I was like kind of stunned. And I'm like, well, that was really nice of Brian to do. And I'm like, he's like, no, 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 I, I did this for you. I'm like, holy crap. I was like, I really owe you a good Christmas present this year, sir. <laughs> no, you don't owe me anything, sir. <laughs> but you I want to say, I want to say thank you, though, because again, getting to the crossover points and we're getting so close now to our 100th episode. Uh, it's, I think it's always important to, to remind each other on how much fun this is to do together. So, yeah, I mean, we would continue to do this even if we didn't have any listeners. We would. This is a, just an opportunity for us to geek out every week. And, yeah. So, but we're, but we're always excited when we have people listening to our geek out sessions. Yeah, and get to so, join in. So please yeah. do that, and don't forget, guys. Uh, me and Ben have to do some Christmas shopping, so <laughs> get active on those boards. And I apologize, we haven't been as much because we've been so busy. Um, but please, 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 uh, get out there. You know, talk with the community as much as you guys can. Uh, because me and Ben will be doing Christmas gifts again because we love doing it. So yes. Uh, so don't be surprised if you get a message from Ben or myself through Facebook Messenger. So make sure you keep an eye on your messages. If we say, "Hey, I need your address," you know you have something coming. <laughs> so <laughs> be ready for it, <laughs> exactly. Guys. Yep, and we always do it for our, our most active community members. Absolutely. So we did it last year, and we're, we're doing it again this year. We don't know what we're doing yet, but um, you know, we'll <laughs> we'll we're, we'll do something. Absolutely. So, uh, all right, cheap plugs, and we will get out of here. Obviously, you can catch me on my other podcast, which is the Showcast Spotlight, here on the Next Level Podcast Network. That podcast and all other Next Level podcasts can be found at nextlevelradioonline.com, on Facebook, facebook.com slash nextlevelradioonline, and, of course, the Facebook page for this podcast, which is facebook.com slash Primetime. Uh, as for me, you can also find me at Next Level through the Caffeine Crew cast of pods, which, while the last episode, we are not doing anything with the last one that's up still is the uh, Halloween one. Uh, I know we're behind, but the next episode, instead of villains, is going to be Star Wars because of all the surgical stuff going on and the doctor's appointments and all. It's been really difficult to find time, but we will have a pre-Last Jedi uh, episode going up that is pure Star Wars as we prep and geek out, and that I think me and Ben were talking about trying to get a couple good friends together over Skype 
and having a nice little spoiler cast of The Last Jedi probably a couple days right after. Give people a day or two to watch and then boom, because I will be getting my surgery the day after the movie. So <laughs> I may be loopy as hell, but I still want to do it. So I have my my follow up to my surgery is the day of the movie. Good stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. But that's it for me. So, uh, but big special thanks, as always, to our good friend George Shaw at georgeshawmusic.com, who provides the tunes you hear in this show every week. Um, and Ben, if there's anything else. No, I think that's it. Uh, just go um, uh, in regards to George Shaw. Be sure to check out his website, georgeshawmusic.com. Uh, but other than that, that is it. Thank you once again for being a part of the community. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for posting. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, <laughs> it's time for us to get out of here and for you guys to enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, we'll be back next week with the midseason finales. But until that time, we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace.